When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Stop laughing. As soon as I said that, I I, I didn't want to look at you because I knew you were going to be glaring me out, mate. Honestly, get, get yourself out of the gutter, mate, really. The Fantasy Football Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Planet FPL, the world where everything revolves around Fantasy Premier League. My name is Clayton. And my name is an absolutely shattered James. Hello, everybody. What are you doing here? I'm here because Suj has a... What, what is specifically wrong? He's got something wrong I with his know. tooth, right? Well, yeah, we've said, I was going to say, I don't know if we're allowed to say, you've said oh, it now. We've so. said it now, so um, get well soon, He's going to see the dentist today. Um, he looks like Shrek at the moment. <laughs> He's been feeling really ill with his tooth for about a week, which I know a few people are like, oh, Suj doesn't care about FPL. Honestly, he's been really struggling recently. If you could so. see the photo he sent us, you would <laughs> empathise. really shouldn't I laugh. really want to reshare it, but, but I'm not, not allowed. He's a handsome bastard, I think, and he, he is, looks... Yeah. But not right now, he's not. No, no. <laughs> he's making me look good this morning. Same. Uh, how's your weekend, Clayton? Yeah, weekend was good. Uh, Arsenal back. Well, we're still top of the league now. So uh, you've won three games in a row for the first yeah. time this season, which is just such a mad stat. I know, and um, well, like, we'll touch on it, but we actually played well aesthetically, in my opinion. There's a lot of people uh, not happy. You keep saying Arsenal are boring, so they'll be pleased to hear that. Yeah, I I'll double down on it. I think we've been very boring this season, um, but I was really encouraged by what I saw on Saturday. So uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, I've been missing a lot of great games this season, so I've missed. Your one on Sunday. I've missed I, City I don't Chelsea. know if it was a great game. No, like I, I mean, know, free all. I, was, well, I mean, when you're when you're in it, and particularly when you're in the sure. stadium as well, you've got the emotional roller coaster of it. So you, it's really hard when your own team's involved. I think to assess. Like I said, Chelsea City the other week was amazing. I missed that there's, game. There's no way that the game yesterday was as good as that. Really? No, okay. no way. No but, way. Sure. No in, way. But no even way. in terms of just score lines, I've missed City Chelsea. You guys and Chelsea. I missed your game yesterday. I missed the Liverpool one. And it's like, I just feel like I'm missing every single crack. So you're here game. for the expert analysis, are exactly, you? Exactly, yes. Okay. I'm here well, to tune in. But, I'm, uh, I'm here, so we're all right. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a strange weekend because obviously there was a lot of kind of post... No, pre-deadline. Is Watkins going to be in the team? Is he not? There was rumours about the Newcastle Man United game potentially going off or on. Uh, no, who started that? I, I, I saw well, just because st- they couldn't get a flight? Well, I saw some people saying... Is that Man United's excuse off. for that? Well, that abysmal performance, performance Saturday yeah, night. Yeah. Or oh, they had to go on a coach like a normal. I've people. just seen like, again. I didn't watch that game. I've seen summaries, watch the extended highlights and stuff. But yeah, got a, 
Looking forward to hearing your views on that. But um, yeah, it just felt like it was a bit of a chaos weekend. And I feel like it's the start of what is going to be a chaos period, right? It's, so when yeah. you got a chaos period, what do you do, folks? You buy Mr. Chaos. That's what I yeah, did. Yeah, same. Um, I bought him as well. Very Like his new hairstyle. No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, no. To be honest, I saw that last, late Start last night while I was trying to keep my eyes open watching Match of the Day. And I was like, I shouldn't have bought him as soon as I saw that. I mean, how much hair between Holland and Nunes for an FPL frontline? <laughs> who, who would who would be the third forward to make up the? If he was a forward, you'd have to stick Fellaini in there, but he's not a forward. He's uh, not even a Premier League player anymore, mate. Oh, you mean a current one? Oh, that has put me on the spot a bit. Right, let us know. Grealish. Who, who would... He can he can have a go there. No, we're talking Again, long area. We're looking for like a ponytail forward or something. Who's a ponytail is, is there another forward? one in the Premier League that's got like a ponytail haircut or? There must be. It's not coming to me right now, but. We'll come and back to it. Anyway, let us know. Put it in the comments or, yeah. or whatever. So, rare one for me in the sense I did the deadline stream on Saturday and I, I always know what I'm doing. In fact, I've normally done it before I do the deadline stream and I still hadn't decided because it was hopeful that we might get some Watkins Bowen information. So, I knew the most likely I was going to do was Watkins to Nunes. Then the information was we're not sure what the situation is with Watkins. Fine. I wasn't expecting anything on Bowen. But had there been information that was definitively ruled out, I decided I was going Anthony Gordon. Yeah. Purely because so many people asked me on my stream Friday, Gordon or Palmer, and I'd said Gordon so many bloody times. I was like, well, I'd better do it myself if I've got that choice. Did you do it? No, of course, oh. I, <laughs> course I didn't. That would be too good no, to be true. I, I was it? weighing up the same thing, Gordon or Palmer. And I, I mean, look, Palmer. in fairness, had I bought Anthony Gordon, I mean, I, I would have I kept Watkins and benched Watkins. So, like, you win some, you lose yeah. some. Um, so in the end, I'd, I'd looked at a minus eight as well, which would have been horrendous, really, because it would have been taking Sun out as well to get Salah with Nunes, and I'd have gone Justin Cliver as the third and then readapted my team to have like a regular starting 11 and him as a first sub every week. So I was like, I don't need to do that because breaking it down, I just had to look at it and go, right, do I think Salah outscores Sun by more than eight this week? And it's like, well, if Sun gets an attacking return, yeah, like, probably not. So unlikely. is it worth the eight? No. Um, so I decided to go Watkins to Nunes. No regrets, because I think it's one of them I often speak about, like considering the outcome. Yeah. And I'd thought about considering the outcome of, well, how do you feel if Nunes then goes off against Fulham and Watkins doesn't look right at Bournemouth and then, and then Watkins is coming into City and Arsenal and Nunes is coming into Sheffield United and Palace and two home fixtures leading me into 18. I obviously had to factor in the fact that I was up a good sort of 0.4 on Ollie Watkins as yeah. well because I'd owned him all season. He wasn't a player particularly wanted to sell, but I'd had always been looking through the plan and that like, right, if I'm investing in Liverpool, it's going to be now. this week. It's not wait for Fulham to go. It's game week 14. Get ahead of it with potentially selling Watkins. And look, it's backfired. Yeah. Well, it's backfired. for now. Like you said, it, it wasn't just a one-week move, right? Um, I think the other thing where it was a little easier, I tried to explain this on my stream, that because I've got Haaland and Alvarez, yeah. it's an absolute certainty for me in 18 when I'm looking to buy a forward. You're going I'm going to, I'm going to, as long as he's fit, right? What have they got again? It was so they've got Shift United, yeah. who the word this morning at time recording is Paul Heckingbottom is going to be sacked today. Um, unconfirmed reports that Chris Wilder's going back okay. as well. Um, which will be a popular move, I think, amongst the Sheffield United fan Where base. Where is he now, Chris Wilder? Or is he unemployed, unemployed, as far okay. as I know. So um, he's not overly pulled up trees since he he left there. And to be honest, when he got sat there, even though they were bottom and awful in that season, they got relegated, he still felt harsh 
when he got sacked because of what he'd achieved with them previously. So, yeah, I think it'll be a big ask to turn that around. But they're not that far adrift no. from obviously getting out the relegations. I know there'll be a few nag. Oh, my God. Weird, manager man. bounce for Salah <laughs> against Sheffield United. Like a really... I wouldn't shit yourself about that. It's more a case of will, will they start? And I think they probably do Salah and Nunes. So that was the opposite. It's like if Watkins is fit, I know he's playing. Yeah. My other thought in terms of selling Watkins this weekend was, well, if he has got a problem, then do they think, well, we've got to have him for City and Arsenal. Let's leave him on the bench. I did think that was That's a possibility as well. That's where I landed well. with it, which yeah. is why I sold him. I, I just thought, okay, granted, there is a chance he could play. I just looked at it as surely they'll keep him for City and Arsenal. Um, and yeah, got that wrong. I think it's, it's probably regrettable because I, I think I've known he was a consistent, solid horse. But I, I, I came to the conclusion I'd have been more annoyed with myself if I missed this with Nunes. Me too. That's what I decided. So was it, so, you just did one free transfer then? I just did the yeah. one free transfer. So I go into this week with, with just the one free. Now, I scored 60 points this week. Uh, six for Jamal Lascelles, who I played over Matty Cash. So it wasn't all wrong. On deadline as well, it was a really close decision for me where I started Son or Bowen. I was wow, so okay. close. If I'd known Bowen was fit, I'd have gone Bowen. Do you see um, an account called FPL Jan or Yan that um, started Charlie Taylor instead of Son this weekend? Well, it levelled out, didn't it? Yeah, basically. But like on a, it was just more like the balls of it. On, I couldn't be having that, but I think that there was a, there was a lot of case to be playing. To be honest, if, if you're playing Sheffield United, there's a massive case just to play your defensive players. Yeah. Like, I could look at Shimmercast this week and think, oh, I don't know, they might leave him out at Sheffield United. But, but it's another one. He'd be like, I don't forgive myself if I leave him on the bench for that sort yeah. of fixture because it could easily rock up being a 12-pointer or something. So I had six from Lascelles at the back, blanks from Johnston, Saliba, four for Shimmercast with the late assist for... Uh, Trent, Liverpool were having their own goal of the month competition yesterday. Eight for Saka, five for Bumo, ten for Sun, three for Gabriel Martinelli, who I think we need to talk about in a minute. Yep. Five for Alvarez, 14 for Captain Holland, and of course only the two for Darwin Nunes, who nearly ripped the crossbar off with one effort. But apparently Liverpool's front three didn't play that well yesterday. Okay. And on a different day, I guess they don't score. They had like a lot of chances, but, but the four goals they score are bangers. They're bangers, <laughs> aren't they? So yeah. on a different day, they, they don't score and don't get anything out of that, which which we'll discuss later on. So where does your 60 points take you to? I had a green arrow this week of 5,000. That's because wow. my, well, it's because my rank's so good, right? But <laughs> no, I went up from 660K to 655K um, with 60 points. I'm most likely rolling into this week, but I was most likely rolling into last week until Unai Emery, I guess, put the frighteners up, me. Yeah. I guess. Um, which there's no reason why he should have, really. So, yeah, there's a little bit of regret, but I was happy with the decision at the time I made it. I knew that I was selling someone who can return in absolutely any game. Uh, for the record, Suj actually had a pretty good week, actually. Okay. Why uh, you sound so surprised? Well, because he doesn't normally. <laughs> 69 points. Stop laughing at the back. Uh, he had trips is 12. He started Matty Cash. He started Diaby as well. Oh, wow. Who come okay. and assisted. He's got away with it. Um, but for him, he obviously kept Watkins for his 11-pointer. He also had Phil Foden's 9-pointer as well. So, Trippier, Foden, Watkins. That's been uh, the difference for him, really, this week. You, sir. Mm. Oh. I'm going to go double Arsenal defensive. I, right decision. Bad outcome. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <Aren't> they... <laughs> 
on another day, yeah, that Wolves didn't really create. You can see it in every home game. Like. Yeah, I know. And this, like I said on um, Nima and I were doing a preview on our Arsenal pod, and I said that I think the only way we'll concede this game is a, a mistake from us, and that's exactly what happened. But uh, before we go into that, I'll kind of touch on, yeah, my team. So uh, I've been doing all right, you know, since Wild Card eight, uh, I've risen from one point one mil, and uh, as of game week thirteen, I was up to two hundred ninety k. And then my decisions this week. So a bit bit like you, usually I know what I'm doing. And th- I don't know what happened on Saturday morning. I think Friday night I was just quite tired. I was like, I'll deal with it Saturday I morning. Think, I think the later deadline might have thrown me a bit as well. So I think if I'd have been right 10 o'clock in the morning, we probably don't get nothing in the morning. I'll go early maybe. Yeah. Might have been a difference. But you know, like the whole paralysis by analysis. I felt that That's the first time this season I found myself in a headspace where I was doing that. Like on on Friday in the office I literally came up to you and was like oh what are you doing with Watkins and was kind of thinking about it but so Saturday morning anyway I've, I've narrowed it down to a few things one was um, I'm just going to keep Watkins and Eze to Palmer and roll with it the other was uh, I was looking at taking out Eze and Watkins for Saka and Cunha which I bloody wish I did that now Cunha it was just cheap forward uh, I mean I've got a couple of good home fixtures this that's week that's exactly yeah. it was, I think he's like 5.6 mil um, yeah, after Arsenal, I thought, like, just as a rotational 12th man, it looked all right. And obviously, he bloody scored. So did Saka. But I didn't do that. So I narrowed it down to Darwin or Isaac and Palmer in for Eze and uh, Watkins. And I went for Darwin. Why did you go Darwin over Isaac? <coughs> vibes. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Isaac doesn't have vibes? No, he, of course. Yeah, he's a Isaac player. absolutely should have scored at the weekend as well, particularly in the first half. Yeah, I think it was just, it was, it was that short term, those the three fixtures that Liverpool have, well, including Fulham just gone, uh, I just thought I just want to roll the dice on it. And I'd, in hindsight, I probably should have gone for Izzat considering Wilson's out at the minute. Their fixtures are good. They're a very offensive team. Numbers are great. Uh, I think he's on pens while Wilson's not Isaac around. would be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that is probably a slight mistake, but like I said, it was vibes. I'm trying to have fun, but it's not fun when you no, get a game I, week I, rank. No, I, I, don't, I don't think it's at all, because what I kept saying about Isaac... Um, look, he's injury prone. Let's, let's be honest about it. Super player. We love him as a potential asset. But obviously now, they play Everton Thursday, Tottenham Sunday, Milan Wednesday, Fulham Saturday, Chelsea in the Carabao Cup Tuesday is a definite rotationable one. They're obviously surviving at the moment with the, the, the 11, basically, are doing really, really well. But then I keep thinking, particularly the Milan game next Wednesday, like... They're, they're going to go all out for it, aren't yeah. they? And you'd fancy them to win. Yeah, then so it's about what PSG do, whether they land in the Champions League or the Europa League, I think. But it might even be they leave a few out against Tottenham. Or do they think, well, we can't do that against Tottenham. Mm. We'll leave some out against Everton. Or even off the back of those three, you look at the Fulham home game and think, that's attractive. Maybe they're out on their feet by the time the Fulham game comes. And they go, well, we've got to rotate for that. I don't know. Yeah, But I wouldn't see, like, I would think... I can't see Isak playing all four of them games. That's almost my take. And I almost feel like he, we, he's definitely playing a Milan game. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't start at Tottenham on Sunday, yeah. for example. Yeah. <clears throat> and that might feel wrong, but that's almost the right one to leave him out, I think. Play Everton, play Milan, see what his reaction is. And I, I, listen, you can say I'm saying that from a Tottenham perspective. No, no, no. You've got to work really hard against us as well. With, with Romero back, our distribution goes up like 
monumentally in terms of our build-up play. Yeah. So you're going to do a lot of chasing when you play us, who, whoever you are, now that he's back. So it might even be that Isak wouldn't play. Now, if you invest in Isak, you probably have, well, that's the one I'm least bothered about anyway. But my point is, I don't know the solution here mm. with him. And that's why I wanted to wait. Almost in a weird way, I know what I'm getting with Nunes. Like yeah. I've been saying, I think he plays two out of three. Like I don't think he plays Sheffield United and, and Palace. Well, I don't think he starts both. Particularly with the Palace game being the 12.30. I suspect that because probably they didn't play well on Sunday, they probably all play again on Wednesday. Why is that? Well, because they've, not, they've, they've all not played well. And I think there's, there's an idea with Nunes. I think now it's like maintain rhythm. consistency and rhythm with him. And make sure if he's had a day where suddenly people saying, oh, I can't hit a barn door again. Give him another chance. Let him run against the weakest team in the league, basically, and sure. let him have a go. Although, in that case, it's not a suitable fixture for him in terms of like spacing behind. But I think Sheffield United have had some dismal home performances. Think about the Newcastle and the Bournemouth home game. What do they both have in common, Clayton? No, Oliver McBurney, which does have an impact in terms of their ability to get the ball forward and for it to stick. And he's obviously going to be suspended after the, the two... I presume he's a two-game ban... Because it's his second red card of the season. Right. Despite the fact it obviously being two yellows. Uh, what are you think for your team this week, Clates? I think I'm just going to roll. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't actually say. I got 48 points, game, a whopping game week rank of 7.6 mil. So it took me back down to about 590k. So, uh, uh, sorry, 510k. So it's not, not awful, but not a great week. Uh, my only returnees were Son... Uh, Simicas with his assist, Bumo's assist, and Captain Holland. But for this week, I think I'm just going to roll, to be honest. I used two frees uh, on the weekend, so I just want to roll with it this week, assess the landscape over the weekend, and then take it from there. Yeah, what about it's, you? It's, well, if you'd have asked me this time last week, I would have said the same. Then the landscape seemed to change a little bit with... I think as well, like if I'd known Jared Bowen was going to be fit, I'd have, I would have just benched Watkins. Okay. Then I'd have been no better off points-wise, admittedly. Yeah, but, but then his I'd, future setup, right? He'd still be there, and I wouldn't be buying him back in game week 18, which is inevitability. Um, at the moment, I've got Bowen on the bench this week. Who have they got again? They're at my team, oh. Planet FPL Derby oh, Thursday night. And I've got Jamal LaSalle's on the bench, away to Everton as well. There is a rumour going around this morning that Sven Botman is about to rejoin full training, which would be alarming for those of us who own Jamal LaSalle's and need him for 17 and 18 because Botman will go back in that team once he's ready but I would throw in there and say that LaSalle's performances mean they don't have to rush it Yeah, but it's inevitable that it'll happen and I can't help looking at it and thinking it'll be Milan or Fulham probably yeah, given the full week sense. of full training LaSalle's probably plays Everton Tottenham when, I'm, when I don't need him then when I do problem um, so, like, but I don't see where I pick him this week over Saliba at Luton, Shimikas at Sheffield United, or Destiny Doggy at home to West Ham. No, agree. That's my frame. Bowen has said on the bench again: Saka, Bumo, Son, Martinelli, Alvarez, Holland, Nunes. City have got problems now going into this Villa game. They may well get beat on Wednesday night. Um, Rodri suspended. Yep. Grealish suspended. One game bans, obviously. And Jeremy Doku is being assessed this morning to find out the extent of the problem he picked up yesterday as well. Sure. So as an Alvarez owner, he's playing. Yeah. So I don't, and it might have been one I've gone, well, Alvarez at Villa, I'm not sure. I still think I'd prefer that to Bowen at Tottenham, I think. It's a tight Alvarez one. on so many set pieces and stuff as well. Yeah. 
as seen again yesterday. Um, I think I'd prefer Bowen just, you know, but it's a very close. Yeah, one. but then I also don't have the confliction, right? So I'm starting with Doggy. Yeah. So when it's that close, like, well, I mean, Matty Cash is sitting last on my bench at the moment as a little bit of an ongoing Same. problem. So the only other one would be, I mean, do I play Bowen over Martinelli, mate? Uh, no. Do you I think wouldn't. he starts? Yep. I do. Why? Uh, I don't think Trossard at left wing is better. Martinelli's been playing well. He was unlucky not to score on Saturday. Um, yeah, I think Arteta's going to go with more or less the same team, but uh, the only enforced change is potentially Tommy Asu. The other thing that did influence the going Nunes in for Watkins for me was it allows me to go Sanchez in for Turner in okay. game week 16 because that's when Palace's fixtures get really bad and I'm a Johnston owner. So obviously if I'd kept Watkins in, it was definitely I'd be going Sanchez in for Johnston. That's fine. But actually looking really far ahead in terms of the wild card, Chelsea have a really good run of fixtures for after our well before and after our wild card in 19. The one or two weeks that Chelsea have rough fixtures, Palace have really good fixtures. Sheffield United and Burnley at home are two when I think Chelsea play Liverpool and Tottenham respectively okay so I might even go with that as a as a pairing if I've got value held in it so I'm going to leave that open as an option I think the other thing for me looking into this week is there are potential issues so I need to be aware that I've got Bumo Alvarez Haaland going into game week 18 mm -hmm. but on the face of it now if I get there with two free transfers I don't mind just going minus four and going Watkins Isak Salah yeah then the power of what you bring kind of feel yeah. justifiable or even just go Watkins and Isak or Watkins and Salah, you know, depending on Isak's fitness, maybe, for example. Martinelli, though, does feel like he's a problem. Lascelles could be about to become a problem. Matty Cash could be able to become a problem. Now, I don't intend to start Matty Cash until game week 18, but he's also on four yellow cards. So, you know what the inevitability is there, right? Yeah. Game week 17, <laughs> yellow card at Brentford. Yep. That's how this Make works. That minus four or minus eight. So there's a few things I think I need to be aware of. And when I consider I'm looking at Tim Gow, I'm benching someone like Bowen this week as it stands. The right idea probably would be to roll again. It's worth saying as well, had I gone into this week with Watkins and Bowen fully fit and available, I would have benched Sun. Yeah, you did say. <laughs> I would have benched Sun. Yeah. So you win some and... And you lose some sometimes. So it's probably a role. I think a lot of the conversation at the moment is going to centre around, obviously we've got a load of 3.9 million goalkeepers yep. become available. Kelleher probably made people a bit nervous yesterday. He could have done better on, on a couple of the Fulham goals. Nick Pope, no confirmation yet, but I would suggest an arm injury for a goalkeeper is particularly bad. They and said when he had that same injury at Burnley, it was three months out, right? There is... Uh, yes, I think FPL Focal had said that. Yeah. Um, there is a report going around this morning that is likely to end this season, which sounds a bit excessive at the moment, but put it this way, he's obviously going to miss a serious amount of time. Jose Saar obviously come off for you at yours, yep. and Bentley winning goal, he's another 3.9. decent, But know? we actually think that Saar might play tomorrow. Oh. We think he's probably okay. So that one's an avoid. <laughs> Kelleher is obviously an option. The Bravka obviously solves a potential problem for people. All I'd just say is, obviously, there's, what, six, seven weeks before January? Mm -hmm. They might buy. Right? So if you're looking for Dubravka to be your definitive long-term solution and you're pairing him with, I don't know, let's say you go Dubravka and Keller, 
right, well, Allison's going to be back at some point. And if Newcastle invest in January, you're sitting there with a problem. And before you know it, because you might not have money in the bank, it's a minus four to move your goalkeeper. Yeah. And that becomes shitty then. So I'd just be aware. I'd probably rather that people still went, say you're sitting there with Ariola and Turner. Like if you can That's just go Turner to Dubravka rather than Ariola to Dubravka, even if that means you'd pick Dubravka in the majority of games, even though he's cheaper, like that's fine. Yeah. I'd rather people still had that little bit of insurance in that case, I think. Sure. Makes well, sense. You're thinking roll as well, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to roll with it. Okay, yeah. let's let's talk these games then. Let's go through it. So, uh, Arsenal 2, Wolves 1. Well, you were there, Clayton, so yeah. let's largely leave a, this to you, mate. Yeah, it was good. It was really encouraging. I think I have heard that we haven't scored in the first... We being... I'm an Arsenal fan, in case people didn't know. Um, we haven't scored in the first... 15 minutes in the Premier League this season. Is that right? Uh, supposedly so. I, I need to check that. But That I doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. No. But on the same, at the same time, I'm like, mm, it could be right. Keep talking. It, I'll yeah. look. See if so, I can work um, something out. Yeah, we obviously went and scored two in the first 15 minutes against Wolves. And a few things that I noticed differently this game. So offensively, I thought we were so much more fluid. Especially that first half was an absolute clinic. Like defensively and offensively, it was sorry. So you said clinic. I can only think of Surge. Oh. <laughs> sorry, boss. Same, boss. <laughs> um, yeah, r- really, really impressive. Uh, yeah, obviously we're on the back of a really impressive win against Lens six uh, nil midweek in the Champions League, and yeah, just came into this. And I think that there's been certain games like Chelsea away, Brentford away, where I felt the technical level of the team started off poorly. Like you remember the Chelsea game, Rice gave away a pass, Inchenko gave away a pass quite early. <clears throat> Excuse me. It, it didn't really get spoken about much, but I felt like Brentford was a similar theme. And this game, it was just, the technical level was just top quality from the off. And I, I don't know if there's a, st- a statistic that backs this up, but on the eye, it felt like the tempo was quicker and the way we were moving the ball as well. It feels like a lot of this season has been, especially in the first phase, we'll kind of hold on to the ball, wait for the opposition to kind of make a move. Similar to what Brighton do, but not as quick as them. Uh, whereas against Wolves, the tempo just felt like it was 5-10% quicker. I also noticed that we didn't play through Rice in progression and build-up as much on Saturday. And Odegaard actually dropped to facilitate a lot more. And I think that's a big factor in why we looked more fluid going forward. Uh, yeah, it was just... It was really, really good. Uh, Saka got his goal. Obviously, it was a bit lucky the way he kind of went I mean, the two goals you scored were great. Yeah, and uh, Martin, this is why I wanted to ask you your opinion on Martinelli because, sure, go. I like I said, I I've been quite consistent on. I don't think on the eye, Arsenal have looked great offensively this season. I think part of it is uh, the the way teams set up against us, and like statistically, we do face the deepest blocks in Europe. That has been out there as a metric over the last few weeks. Um, but then part of it is, like I say, the tempo. I feel like we haven't really been moving the ball with that much purpose, aggression. Uh, as we did on Saturday. And, yeah, what I wanted to ask you on Martinelli was obviously the last few weeks, yeah, it's been blanks. Had he scored, like, I don't know if you've seen or away, hit the post on Saturday. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, Had he scored, do you think the general conversation around him would still be the same? No, for me, I I always thought going into this week it would be a danger to play all the three games. Now, I know... Lons, obviously, you had the game won by half-time and strolled yeah. through it. And actually, it looks like you probably strolled through this quite a bit, really. Yeah, second half, we really took the full Yeah, piece, and yeah. therefore, the intensity level means, like, could he play again at Luton on yeah. Tuesday night That's or tomorrow night? That's why I didn't night? hesitate when you asked. Yeah, yeah fine. 
So that would be part of the concern. But for me with Martinelli, it would be you can draw up all your near misses and XGs and whatever. He hasn't scored in a single Premier League game he started this season. Yeah. It's 10. Yeah, and that's where I get it. But this is where I think timing is a thing. So you'll know I've been avoiding Arsenal attackers, right? I'm now thinking, okay, I'm not sure the fixtures are the right time to go in, but... No, it's not. I saw something different on Saturday in the way we were playing, and I feel very comfortable about us offensively now. And I know it's a small sample. So you've just gone double defensive and now you want to get offensive players? Well, yeah, but I I was never going to go double offensive. It was just more... Do I was going along the lines of, do I triple up on the defence? Whereas now I'm like, no, I I do want one of our attackers because I feel very confident in what I've seen. So Saka clear front runner for you? Yeah, yeah, he's a clear front runner. Would for you? No, Odegaard's goal was obviously trademark, right? Lovely, lovely move around the left. Who, cut the back. who are you captain this week? I've got it on Salah at the minute. Yeah, I, I uh, think that's probably number one choice. Yeah, and I don't know why I hesitated. I, I didn't really consider Holland the way to Villa. Some. We've got Lee Jackson and and Johnny Pringle on COTC, and we'll have it out early for you tomorrow morning. Um, I'm recording with the guys tonight. And as I said, I think because of them City absences, I wouldn't be surprised if Villa win. But at the same time, I'm also aware that that could be really wrong. And with the way Villa play, like if City get the pass right, he's going to get away, the big man up front. And he's probably quite up for it. Um, Because he's not happy yesterday. No, Um, that was By the way, he keeps reacting like that. He will soon get a reputation where people stop praising him and start, start disliking him. Acting like a bit of a child yesterday, in my opinion. Um, I understand his anger, but okay, mate. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, storming off the pitch like that is not good for your teammates, would be the number one thing for me. Anyway, back to Arsenal. I'm interested to know are you intending to play Saliba and Gabriel in those, obviously this week, yes, in those three games coming up? Villa away, Brighton at home. I'll be honest. In every game. And Liverpool away. Uh, I'll be honest, I don't know, and that's not a cop-out, just because I've not future-proofed my team to see what it actually looks like with all my options. I recommend on, FPL team. Yeah, uh, that's what I need to do. But on the face of it, I think Villa away, Brighton at home, who's Liverpool your other defenders? away. Uh, I've got Matty Cash, who's a problem, Simicass and Pedro Porro. So Poro, you're playing in all of them, I think, at the yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. Shimakas, certainly at least the next couple, I think. Yeah, but this way I can't visualise what it looks like um, in each week at the minute. But I think out of those three games, there'll be a clean sheet in maybe one of them. So there's a, I'm, I'm expecting us to concede uh, in two of the three, potentially all three. Yeah, I think when you go double defence like that, particularly when you get in... Two players like Gabriel Saliba, don't get me wrong, they will chip in with the odd goal and the odd attacking return, but you're not getting those two players in specifically for offensive stuff. No. You probably need to be one in two, yeah. really clean sheet-wise. So listen, if they keep a clean sheet tomorrow night and then one of the next three, okay. Yeah. And that's that's what I think, like, honestly, I know people say, oh yeah, it was another goal that we conceded at home. But if you look, if you watch the game, like it was a very controlled performance and the only chances Wolves got came from Zinchenko brain farts um, so was there a panic after Wolves scored because I know you nearly scored again then Ketcher hit the post himself didn't he yeah no I wouldn't say that was Was you ever concerned that an equaliser oh, might course, come of course I was concerned but that's just like natural fan emotion sort of thing but I never in my heart I never felt like oh we're going to go and mess this up now 
Tommy Asu yeah, went so off with a knock. I'm going to guess why it will probably come back in at Luton, will he? Yeah, so my prediction pre-Tommy Asu potential injury was uh, I thought Zinchenko would lose his spot against Luton and it would be White and Tommy Asu. Yeah. will fall back because of Luton's main threat being crosses yeah. and aerial threat. But the word, I don't know if you've seen, the word on the street is uh, he came off with poten- uh, suspected calf fatigue, but he has gone for a scan today. So it could be up for a f- he could be out for a few weeks. Oh, so. really? But I think we'll get that news pre-deadline. Do you think it's a long way away? But do you think the intention when you go to Liverpool would be to play Tommy Asu at left 100%, back? Hundred percent, hundred and ten percent. Especially because we did that last year. At home. Yeah, I mean that's one for those who are looking at say Zinchenko. Um, that's why I said I don't know if you saw on Slack. Like, I said you're not probably it. wanting to play him at Liverpool, but it is during the blank you might need it. Yeah, it's probably a one point arrival way. This is what I've said. I've seen a, a few people asking about Arsenal defenders. I would just go for the centre backs because we've only got well, it was three natural fit fullbacks. Uh, it's now potentially two. So j- yeah, there will be rotation. So what did you make of Wolves? Uh, I actually thought before we scored they set up pretty well, and obviously they were without. Were they an out and out back three because they have been playing with eight Nori in this kind of half half wing back half winger position yeah. where it, it moves in structure they moved a lot in in structure against Fulham they didn't play that well but I like some of the structural ideas so against us it looked like more of a traditional back three and obviously Bueno came in at left back well left wing back so it was um, more like a back five I'm guessing yeah but, and obviously they were without Lamina and Gomez in midfield yep. um, so yeah you have to bear those things in mind but I was impressed with how they structurally set up I just think it was unfortunate for them on, on the day we happened to click more than we have so far this season in tight spaces. So, Yeah, I yeah. think probably everyone leaves that quite happy because I think from a Wolves perspective, you're 2-0 down after, what, half hour or so, you're thinking, yeah. oh, shit, our two best midfielders are missing as well. This could be a long day. And they've ended up staying in it right till the end. I, um, I think that's, this is where the, the scoreline flatters sometimes. No, I, I, think, I, but, I get yeah. that, but they've, they've stayed in it, right? Yeah. Um, I... I like their next two fixtures. Yeah. I think there's a few who might have problems who will look. Um, Kunya, you've said, you've looked at. Yep. Huang is obviously doing pretty well. I think Bellegarde is a really cheek, cheeky enabler one to consider. I think defensively now, if you wanted to go in for the next couple, now that he's got over the suspension, it's probably Craig Dawson for the next couple. Yeah. I think I wouldn't be keen on taking much of a chance on the others Kilman doesn't offer much offensively Toti Gomez could be under threat of his place but again doesn't offer as much offensively Semedo should be fine and safe for the moment but again with Nico the amount of fixtures the could they go oh we'll play Doherty in a game over this period like it's possible isn't it so yeah, yeah it might be one where there's a couple of enablers fits in I, I don't hate that the next two fixtures are good but they've probably got the best of the next two game weeks yeah, arguably that's why in hindsight. with Burnley and Nottingham Forest at home ironically Burnley now looking better Nottingham Forest not so much as we'll we'll discuss next yeah anything more to add on that before we move on nope okay. nope that's me happy nice one so Brentford 3 Luton 1 so only the assist for Bumo owners yep and uh, possibly a little bit fortuitous to get that in the sense that it's obviously taking a deflection from Ben Mee's header, but I think that's correct. They lost Christopher Agier in the build-up, so they've essentially played with two midfield players in the full-back positions oh, wow. in a back four uh, with Saman Goddess playing on the right side and Vitaly Janel played as a left-back. As per usual with Brentford in these fixtures, it's a back four. And with the games coming up, 
that will certainly... I would imagine he'd play a back four at Sheffield United. It probably becomes a back three again at Brighton on Wednesday, I would think. So Morpé, I would probably doesn't start at Brighton, but probably does at Sheffield United. And, and longer term, that makes him quite interesting because he's going to play the fixtures that you'd want him to play. Yeah, okay. Um, How much is Rather he? than the more difficult ones. It's worth it's saying, obviously, Visser and Bumo both go to AFCON. So over that period of January and then early February, he may have to play anyway. I'd also be aware, as I've said previously, that I think they might go back in for, we know they had a big interest in, say, Bakayoko okay. from PSV Eindhoven, who can play on the right-hand side. So I think they may look for an attacking player um, in the January window. Luton bit doing Luton things, which is staying in the games and not being walloped. Um, they ended up playing with Issa Kabore right wing back because Alfie Doughty missed out. Tahit Chung played on the right wing. What would be more alarming and concerning, considering who they're playing next, Clayton's team. Tom Lockyer obviously went off um, at half time and they also lost uh, Mengi as well. Okay. So they might be short at centre-back. Lockyer is very important to them because essentially he's the conductor of what they do from an organisational perspective on the pitch. That's not to mean or to say that Arsenal will slap them no, I don't tomorrow think night, but it will not help. I don't see you going there. I keep saying there probably will be a game at some point where they do get beat heavily. I don't think it'll I don't be tomorrow. Think, no, I agree. I don't think it will be tomorrow, which probably uh, come back to Arsenal. And we said about who you captain this week. What, what would you say to people who have n- not got Salah and say got Saka versus Haaland, like I've got? I, honestly, I don't mind it, Saka. I, although I'm saying I don't think they'll get slapped. I think, like I said, what I saw from us offensively and Odegaard getting more involved in the second phase, and because all season he's been in the final, he's been in the final line. He's basically been a striker. Whereas I think he's better when he arrives there and gets involved. So I think that helps Arsenal offensively a lot more. So I, I don't hate Saka as a captaincy away at Luton. I'm not keen. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I think if if I decided not to go with Holland this week, I'd probably go Sonny. Yeah. Just with a home fixture, the momentum. I don't think West Ham are in their best moment. Um, we'll have so much of the ball. He'll find space difficult, but if we create chances, he's in the position For where he's going to yeah, get really the chances. I think I would go Son instead of Saka. I think Sonny over Saka. At the yeah. moment, even though I think City might get beat on Wednesday, I probably, I've got enough understanding that that could be wrong and City could easily go so over the top against Holland them. At the minute, yeah. I think so. Cool. I think so. Um, I think the moment for buying Brentford has, has gone, but for those who've gone, obviously gone on Bumo, there's obviously still two good fixtures coming up. Brighton have conceded in every game, so that's fine for Wednesday night. And then Sheffield United Saturday, even though it's away, is great. And then I think there's a decision to make for people whether they want to sell Villa or sell in the blank or whether you're going to hold through yeah. because of the two fixtures afterwards are good as well. FA Cup draw yesterday, by the way, does give the City-Brentford game, I, I think, a little more of a shot again, maybe. But if we haven't got anything by the end of this week, it's not happening, I don't think. No, remind me, what week would that have been? So again? it'd be game week 20, City-Brentford. Okay. Uh, we think now, possibly looking at Thursday, January the 4th. So the scheduling of FA Cup games, which might come first, 
could have an impact. So if suddenly you start seeing, oh, City-Huddersfield, which probably won't be a TV pick, but could still be moved to the Sunday because they like to shove a load of games to the Sunday for overseas broadcast, yeah. of which, guess what? Manchester City may be of interest. Suddenly, if you get, say, City and Brentford have both been scheduled to the Sunday and you think that's random, it might be to help put the City-Brentford game on that Thursday in game which went in. Okay. But I think if we don't get anything this week... Yeah, we, we, we go sort of sub 20%. It's 50-50 now okay. at, at this stage, I would say. Uh, no interest in investing in, in Luton, unfortunately, at the moment. Cool. Next up, a whopping 5-0 victory for Burnley against Sheffield United, which has probably been the end. Well, it has been the end of the Sheffield United manager. Well, it's not official yet, is it? But yeah, I, I think coming. it's coming today. Yeah. But, the, you know, the Shrewdies, there's a few have gone early and said it's done. So, and again, that's that's the time of recording. Um, what I don't know is what minute was the red card? Did that have any impact on the game? It was game? a 2 0. Oh, okay. Not long before half time. I think he's a little bit unlucky, McBurney, with the second yellow. But I think the first one was, was bad. Okay. I've it was not orange. Seen it. Okay. Was orange. So to couple them together, I think. Yeah, it's an unusual one to get done for the same offence twice. I, I think. Let me put it this way. On the first one, if he'd got a, a, a red card for that on the pitch, he wouldn't, wouldn't have got surprised. overturned, I oh, don't okay. think. No, sure. I don't think so. And he will be a massive miss for those two home games. I cannot emphasise enough. Oliver McBurney being missing for Sheffield United is negative for them defensively. Yeah, no. Because he's an out. Yeah. So the pressure just comes that back. Makes sense. So yeah. when they have to go direct, it's just coming back. Yeah. He feeds, absorbs, he wins free kicks. Yeah. He wins so much stuff aerially. It will have a massive negative impact on them for the next two games. Um, Bulldog, by the way, went off injured after about 25 minutes. I did say, I mean, he's fine, right? He's 3.8. But obviously, anyone who gets an injury at this point for like two, three weeks is missing five, six yeah. games. I think we're probably at a stage, though, and unless this changes, if Chris Wilder or someone else comes in and fixes it up, I wouldn't be playing him in any game. That no. was what I was saying. Oh, well, it's Burnley. I'm, 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 I want to play him. I wouldn't play him. Yeah, you said the same it's about too Archer bad. as well. I remember we had the conversation about Taylor v. Archer. I'm beginning to feel that way as well. I mean, Semenyo's really putting his arm up to be a far better call than, yeah. than Archer if you're investing new in an enabling forward so I just wouldn't want to play him are you still a Charlie Taylor owner? I've never been a Charlie no, Taylor owner why did I have that in my head? Uh, it was a couple of years ago <laughs> and Matt Lowton I mean, getting a very lucky Matt Lowton 14 pointer off the double. bench yep. very round no it was a single game week oh was it? Um, a couple of years ago same day Nuno Santo got sacked actually if you, if you want that for a bit of info um, what I loved about this was Burnley's goal was old Burnley. Okay. So it's 15 seconds in. They go direct from a goal kick, which which actually, despite the way they want to play, they do normally do. And they win three 50-50 tackles, which are all pathetic from a Sheffield United perspective, by the way. Start the game, and they're soft 50-50s, and Burnley play one, two, three. Get through them all. Great cross from Taylor. Old school. You're going to turf more. What's going to happen? Ball's coming into the box. It's a really good header, and then yeah, that is not what I associate with the modern Burnley. No, I mean, yeah. their, other, their other goals uh, weren't like the, the second goal. Oh, man, it's so bad from Sheffield United's right. perspective. They are. I've said it a few times, even though I think they've got, they may have gone bottom now, haven't they? But even when they got themselves yeah, to eighteenth, I was like, I'm, I'm clear in my head they're the worst team. Unfortunately, um, for Burnley, 
really good for them will give them a little bit of confidence and it, it wouldn't then shock me if suddenly even though Wolves have been in good run if they if they go to Molyneux and win tomorrow really? okay. and have a little bit of a spring in their step also consider for something like that tomorrow and go well Burnley have managed to stroll through this and had a very easy game whereas Wolves have had to chase shadows for a lot of the game at yeah. the Emirates right so fatigue True. levels could hit in something like that so Burnley played with Larson on the, the right wing. Goodmanson was was a little bit of a doubt because he'd not trained most of the week. It does look like it was more of a four four two. They'd playing they had been playing Amdouni a little bit more withdrawn. And it looked like from what I've seen of it, and it's not a lot, it was far more in partnership with Jay Rodriguez, which is understandable in a fixture like this. Okay. They seem to have completely abandoned the setup with Josh Cullen. Um, playing as six and now they've got this partnership building with Berger and Brownhill and it's just feeling a little bit more threatening and controlling they will still concede plenty of goals but actually that Larson change I think it was the first time they changed the team in three or four games Okay, so beginning to get a bit settled that's a positive Yeah, that's a positive and I wouldn't there's, there's still the one I think there's something about them there's something about them. They might well add a couple of players in January that will assist the team as well. I wouldn't. I don't write them off. No, I don't also do I. think, oh my God, they've won 5-0. They're going to fly up the table. But um, I'd be keeping an eye on them. Again, another one from the fantasy perspective. Can't see what the interest would be. For those who played the likes of Charlie Taylor this week, like, well done. Yeah. And crack on. And it's going to sit fifth, third on your bench, sorry, for the majority of game weeks. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg... This is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, fair play. And then on to the next one. Forrest actually lost a game at home. 1-0 Everton, who... They lost their last home game as well, Clayham. Oh, yeah, to true. Brighton. forgot about that. <laughs> They've lost two on the... So back. Fortress City ground is yeah, over. Yeah, it's finished. But, um, and by the way, if they play like they played on Saturday night... Was it um, bad, yeah? Yeah, they they were horrendous. Okay, But yeah, credit to Everton, though. Like, especially everything that's been going on there. Yeah, Everton... Everton... Everton were the better of two shit teams, to, okay. to put it nicely, but also thoroughly deserved victory. But part of the thoroughly deserving victory was that just Forrest were really bad. So what was what was so bad? Um, well, it's interesting because Mark Subbins obviously come on COTC with with Sean to preview the game last week, and it's not the first time he's made me kind of raise my eyebrows. So he came on before they played Burnley in game week five. He said, "We're going to change now. We're going to start being a bit more offensive." And they did, right? Started playing a back four more often and stuff. Um, and since then, they've tried to be a bit more adventurous, but only won once. Okay. He comes on last week and he's like, I'm worried. Wow. To the extent to say, and it took me a bit surprised to Was say. Is this pre-Brighton or post-Brighton? Uh, after. Okay. Um, to the extent to say that he thought that if, if Everton went bad and then this the next couple, then Cooper would be under real, real pressure. Damn. And we had a really interesting debate about, and I think this does possibly, uh, it's a, something to consider for other teams around about that area. He's, he's obviously done an amazing job, right? He took them, whatever, one point from seven games in the championship, stabilised it, got it promoted, kept them up last year. They're not in trouble at the moment. 
you're probably looking at them as it stands as probably going to probably finish 15th or 16th as it stands but they're what six points clear and you think of with the, the amount drop. of investment as well right and the uh, the case I was making to Mark was that if if they want to try and change the brand of football, like you can get away with it at the moment. Yeah. You can take chances and see the problem in it because you, if you just maintain one point per game, You're fine. it's going to be enough this year. Yeah. So they've got a buffer. The problem is I'd seen signs in games where I thought, like, say, Brentford at home, I thought, like, they started the game really well that day. Then it went a bit flatter. But on Saturday, it was just completely flat. What? Never thought they were going to score at any point in Why that game. Is that, and this the tempo when they went behind, and I've been there, and the atmosphere is good, yeah, right? Yeah, atmosphere is really good, though. The, the tempo just wasn't there. So okay. you're looking at them at the end of the game, and you're going, and I realise you don't just want to thump it in the box against Everton because you've got your Tarkovskis and your Branthwaite who just want to head it all day long, and they defended really well, by the way, those two particularly. But there was no emphasis to, right, let's get it into the wide areas. Let's take people to the byline. Let's, let's overload in areas. It was all just passive and slow. And Everton just sat there and went, what yeah, you got? Can deal with that. What yeah. you got? And it looked just as likely that Everton would, would break away and, and score a second. And is that how so, the, so how did Everton score? Was it a breakaway goal? Or? No, so cross from the right-hand side from Harrison. He's a little bit unlucky not to officially get the FPL assist. And McNeil has time to take a touch on the back post. And he, he buries it far top bin. It's, it's a great finish. And, and it was deserved. Because I think the better moments in the game came from Everton. McNeil had an effort cleared off the line by Murillo I saw that. in the first yeah, half. Really good clear. Um, so Everton were, were deserving victors. That's three away wins in a row for Everton. We definitely should have an awareness that Forrest are there to be attacked I think at the moment I look at things like Forrest playing Bournemouth in 18 this is quite important because a lot will be looking at that fixture because you met a case of green fixture for both right yeah. so if you want to go you know you want to go in and, and invest you could at the moment the way Bournemouth are playing and the way Forrest are playing Bournemouth will go there and win wow. and you'd be more interested in picking up a Solanke, a Tavernier, a Semenyo or a Cliver than investing in a forest that are clearly missing their talisman in Taiwo Awanyi. Is it time for me so, to... Gibbs White. Is it time for what, me to admit defeat? What, what <laughs> fixtures they got between now and 18? It's still a good run. It's Fulham. My team in 17. So uh, just go in order. They got Fulham away, Wolves away, then your team, Spurs at home. Bournemouth at home, Newcastle away, Man United. Do you know home. what? It's not as good as it looks. Nah. And uh, like I said, when I first bought him, like, I know I've been a bit of a Gibbs White meme, but when I bought him in, it was just 90 minutes. I, He's on pens. I wouldn't be shocked. I don't think they will, right? But I wouldn't be shocked if they lost all four of them games. Nah, neither would I. They'll be underdogs in the next three. Yeah. Away at Fulham, away at Wolves, home to Tottenham. If they play like that against my team, they get annihilated. Yeah. Because it's just so passive. So like movement off the ball and stuff, you get destroyed. Too static, yeah. Um, Bournemouth at home, they'll be favourites. But it, the way Bournemouth is, is obviously your confidence is growing through that football club now. Neil yep. Grover's on COTC Wednesday. We'll talk about that a bit more. So we'll talk some Bournemouth assets then in terms of looking forward in the next few weeks because I think it's coming back round for them. Forrest, you wouldn't invest in, no. Like, you wouldn't buy a Gibbs White now. No. Someone asked me on a deadline stream about it and I couldn't get you out of my head and I was thinking, I fucking hate that, <laughs> honestly. And he stuck out on the right wing. He did have a decent effort in the first half. Um, and he pulled it near post wide. He should have done a bit better, really. But his involvement in the game is not quite right. No. I think he picked on a real kind of talisman status. I know Alwyn Yee scored a lot of the goals at the end of last year, but Gibbs White was beginning to give the vibe like he was going to begin to carry this team as yeah. almost like a leader. It's not quite panned out. But he ain't going to be, if he's going to be shunted out on the right, what they want to do 
he's getting back to 10, get Alanga and Hudson to do in the wide positions yeah. and play Wood or Origi as an out-and-out out nine. That's what they really want to do. Yeah. But guess what that also does? Makes yeah. them vulnerable. Yeah. So they're hitting a halfway house where they're not sure, and you'd be a bit concerned. But to your earlier point, moment. is this not the time for them to experiment in a league like this, where the bottom three are probably... But then if they lose their next four, as an example... Then they're in the conversation. Then they're yeah. in the conversation. Fine line. Right? Because in between that... A Burnley and an Everton are going to start putting some pressure on, maybe Luton as well. Maybe yeah. Sheffield United, manager bounce. Start putting some pressure on. Then if they're looking over their shoulder and you get into halfway through the season, you're going, we're only three points clear of this. Oh, and one of the teams below us actually should be about 10th or 11th in the league, which is Everton, which I think that's where they would be with the point deduction. Mm. Um, their underlying numbers are good. They obviously know the task is at hand and they're going to stay in trouble for quite a while. But the three away wins, that's impressive. Palace, yeah, West Ham and Forest, right? You'd look at all three and what three difficult away games then. Even the City would be delighted to get nine points out of that. Yeah. They should be as well. Now if they can transfer that and start getting some good home points, nice. The caveat with them is fixture run is rough. Yeah. If they got in so it's Newcastle, Chelsea, Tottenham, is it? Next three? Or is one in between, isn't it? Newcastle, there? Chelsea, Burnley, then Tottenham. And then Where's City. the Burnley game? Is it Turf Moor? Burnley's Moore? away. Yeah, Turf Moor. Okay. Newcastle and Chelsea I think, uh, at with, Goodison. With Everton, no, I'm really, really convinced they'll pick up points that you maybe don't expect. Yeah, I, I always feel that way about them. Yeah, like let's put it a different way. They play Newcastle this week, and there's no Pope. You think Everton ain't going to put the Bravka under a world of pressure? Yeah. And the Bravka's a decent keeper, but they're going to test it. Even Chelsea, I think they'll give Chelsea a game. You're not I don't, convinced. I don't know. But, but I wouldn't be surprised if they came to my play. Their, their away record's been so good. It, I would almost say, for example, we got Forest in 17 mm-hmm. and we got Everton at home in 18. Everton, I would say at this moment, would be just as likely to get signed off as, as Forest would would be my take at the moment. Okay. So maybe we should begin to get concerned about Forest. Jared Branthway is a decent fifth defender to have for as long as. But... There's never many opportunities to play. Mm. I don't think like you you're said, never going to be brave enough to pick him like Forest uh, away, and you're not like brave you said, enough. Though, their, their defensive numbers are actually pretty impressive. But their offensive numbers have been good. We, yeah. all them, I know there's been a lot made about their home record being bad, but they could easily have three, four home wins on the board as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I think nearly all of us think that Everton will be fine, yeah. and there was no Calvert Lewin, and we do think he'll be available Thursday. Okay. Is the word at the moment. Cool. Right. The final game of the Saturday ones before we move on to Super Sunday. Newcastle one, Man United nil. And I, a little birdie tells me it could have, should have been a few more. Oh. Where do you begin with that? Jeez. Uh, let's begin with Newcastle because it could just be a, an hour chat about how bad Manchester <laughs> United were. Uh, Newcastle were very good. It's an absolute bear pit when you go there. Yeah, you are going to face. I've the experienced in- it. I was having yeah. an interesting conversation with Dad when we was travelling up north yesterday about. They can't quite play in away games, Newcastle, like they'd want to play in home games because almost the intensity can be a little bit counterproductive in terms of raising the atmosphere of the opposition. (laughs) Isn't it strange? (laughs) No, it makes sense. But in home games, I think some players can get there and they just sink under it because I know it's like, oh, they cheer when they win throw-ins and stuff like that. Yeah, but but they're they're with the team. They galvanise it. The team is obviously in a position where it's got a horrendous set of injuries at the moment. I think there's a halfway house behind saying they've got a shitload of injuries and actually looking at the first 11 and going, right, so Barr, Botman and maybe a central midfield player, you could argue they've been putting the best team on the pitch. 
Yeah. Maybe Dan Byrne as well, a little bit. Okay. But Livramento Either. has been playing so well. To have that to the extent you, still after his Next ACL. England squad. Look. Have a look. Yeah. Could, could he play left back for England? Not ideal. And I think it, it's, again, credit to Eddie Howe has been doing an amazing job that I think there was an assumption, oh, Trippier's going to have to play left back. Yeah. And I think he'd realised, I'm, lo- I'm almost losing both fullbacks because you're moving the brilliance of Trippier. It's not that he can't, let's say, the assist for Gordon at the weekend. It's not like he can't do that as a left back, but it's not the same. No. It's not the same. So he's gone, well, I don't want to lose almost both my fullbacks. Let's see if we can get Livramento into a good state to play left back. His adjustment's been great. He's obviously been coached very well as well. Um, and he was he was great. He, w- he would have been a shout for man of match I on Saturday. To come back from an injury like that at that age, to perform at the level he is. It had a setback along the way of that as yeah, well. Yeah, true. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, those of us who owned him when he was at Southampton a couple of years ago knew what a, a brilliant prospect he was, and I think he's showing it at, at top level now. So that 11 deserves massive credit. You can say, okay, it's not far from the best 11, but it, it's, got, it's got no bench at the moment. No. Even I would say Tottenham's bench yesterday looked stronger than, say, Newcastle's on Saturday night. There's nothing there. The young boy, Lewis Miley, it was my first proper look at him. Verdict? Very good. Yeah. The size of him. You don't realise it till you watch him live. Yeah. I mean, that's... It, it, I was going to say he might suffer a little bit like Steven Gerrard in terms of injuries for a few years. Just while but, he's growing. Or... But, but he already has. Yeah, true. It's now probably filling it out to, in terms of strength, conditioning and stuff. What type he's of profile? He's elegant on the ball. Is he? Because I've not seen much of him. Um, I've just seen highlights. Very composed. Links. I think he knows what he is at the moment, okay. which he's like, not the best player in the team. And if I can... He makes the right passes and the right decisions at the right time. He knows when to release. He knows when to hold. He doesn't look out of place. I mean, the, the, the best compliment you could say is you keep saying he's 17, but you keep saying it because he doesn't look out of place as a 17-year-old. Yeah. If, if you got told tomorrow, that guy's 23, you wouldn't you'd think no different it. of it. And you'd go, he's not out. He doesn't look like a weak link or anything, right? Sure. Doing really well. And the stamina level, the stamina levels at that age, you'd expect a kid at that age to be like suffering badly with cramp with the way they play and stuff. No, really, really good. So he's covering really well in there. We do think with Longstaff and Willock, the injuries aren't bad. As said, Botman could be back in full training this week. So I would think, and it's going to be so annoying for the sales owners, you're probably looking at a game week 17 return maybe. Yeah. I think. So it's a wait and see. Um, there's no point. I, I saw one of our patrons this morning said, oh, oh, when's Eddie Howe's press conference? Listen, that shit's useless <laughs> to you anyway, right? So whatever. Let it be what it will be. They were brilliant. Really, really good. As much as United, you know, we're going to give Manchester United a bit of grief now. They were good. So. They can beat anybody there. Gordon scored in every home game. Has he? I think, yeah. Well, yeah. Every home game he started, I think. Okay, wow. He's doing really well, wasn't he? He's doing great. It's worth saying they'll... they'll They'll try and antagonise him Thursday night. He's yeah. going back to Everton, yeah, isn't yeah. he? He's going to get booed badly. Now, he has got an agitable side to him, I think. Okay. Where you think he could nibble? Listen, he might rise above it and win the game, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Sure. Like, it's one you'd look at now and go, he'll get booked. Yeah, okay. He'll get booked. And he might also score the winner as part of that. He might... Listen, again, he's working under Eddie Howe, and Eddie Howe will be absolutely in his ear giving him the right advice. Yeah. But you he's might human. get lost in a moment, right? And I think there is a feeling there from his perspective that perhaps not his side of the story was necessarily heard. But the Everton fans are really unhappy with the way he left, right? Yeah. So 
something to watch out for in that game Thursday night. I think from their perspective at the moment, it's probably the same team. And then, then because of the five-day turnaround, then going into Tottenham, you just reassess and see yeah. what the bodies are. I tweeted Saturday night and I said, I think they'll probably go over this that five-game period where it's all so close together. They'll literally go into a state of play, recuperation, play. Reset, yeah. They won't even train. Yep. Do some bit on set oh, pieces wow. and stuff. Okay. Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, I mean, we'll train, but not... Nothing intensive, yeah. You're not going to be playing 11... I mean, got 22 players to play in the 11-side match, but I don't think they'll be training with, like, a full-on intensity. And, obviously, the way they play is with it. But if you're, if you're asking them to, to do it at the moment, you're, you're just going to get more injuries, I think. Yeah. So, you might get them play a little bit differently in some of these forthcoming ones. The next, next four league games, there's only one at home, which is Fulham, right? Yeah, yes. So even that is three days after Milan, you might find the intensity is not to its normal level. The atmosphere might not be to its normal level because it's three days after playing AC Milan. Oh, it's just Fulham. It is a psychological <laughs> thing. <laughs> no, it happens right. to football yeah. fans as well. So I think we've, one of the big things on Nunes over Isak for me was when you put this all together, it's like, let me wait. Let me make sure I'm on the right side of this because it's 17 and 18 that interests me most. I wouldn't be shocked if they got turned over at Everton on okay. Thursday night, despite how good that was because they're going to get the reverse at Everton on Thursday. I'm very intrigued And I'm to sure see. they'll deal with it. But yeah, try and watch the game. I'll be at White yeah. Lane, so I won't be able to. I might try and catch the opening 20 minutes or half hour Even or so. Even before you go on to Man I United, I'm, I'm intrigued to watch uh, Newcastle Tottenham. I think that'll be a really good game. I think, by the way, one to consider um, for those who've already got Gordon and might be sitting there, well, I'm not happy with Diaby over coming weeks and stuff. He's probably not getting spoken about because he's more expensive than Gordon. He's Almiron. I think he's an interesting one over this period, I think. Why? Keep an eye on, because he's very capable of returning and hauling. It's in his makeup. He can do it. We've seen it now. Yeah. He should have scored at the weekend. Okay. Definitely. Yeah, they're doing no really well. to his place there, no? Trippier is a definite hold, if you've got, by the way. It's, it's like every week. Those who've got, like, I can find some money by selling Trippier, and every one of us who doesn't own is like, how am I getting now? Yeah. So definite hold. LaSalle's owners need to wait. Livramento owners is now looking a positive. At this minute, you'd now buy Livramento over LaSalle's. I think um, there's going to be a lot of interest in Dubravka. And I, I get it. Perfectly, perfectly understandable. Just reference what we said near the start of the podcast. Yep. And again, if you've got Isak, it's a definite play Thursday night. You could make a case he's part of the captaincy discussion if you fancied him Thursday night, maybe. Mm, I wouldn't sure captain Gordon. No. No, I'm obviously like hoping that. for a red card because yeah, it gets suspended against my <laughs> team for the weekend. Yeah. yeah, of course. Right, is it time for you to talk about Man United? So I saw. Uh, I looked at the clock then to see how long. We've yeah, been how talking. long have you got? So before you start, I saw a tweet from you about a certain Marcus Rashford. I saw a lot of clips doing the rounds. You've mentioned it. You mentioned it before everyone jumped off him early in the season, saying you just saw something was off. Uh, and I want to say that was it was around like a in air quotes easy run fixture wise. Yeah, I took a minus four to sell him in the middle of their really good run. Yeah. I've seen enough. So that, that was after they'd won at Burnley. And his underlying numbers weren't bad that night. I'd seen enough. Yeah. I again think that he might be carrying an injury. I said that at the start of the season in as early as sort of game week two, three. It was like, hmm, something's not right here. But that at the weekend was... 
You used the words pathetic in your tweet. Yeah, it's very, very rare that I would come out and I think go for an individual player. But you've obviously then seen the outpouring of everyone else has done the same afterwards. Listen, I got a lot of love for Marcus Rashford. Yeah, for everything I he does off for, the pitch. Yeah, yeah, off the pitch. And I got a lot of love for him as a footballer as well. There is a case to say that some might say, well, it was an intentional tactical for Rashford to let Livramento go and therefore he's playing on a counter-attack. There's two things that tell me that's not the case. The first is that in the first half, he did try and track back on a number of occasions and he was miles off it. There was one occasion where Livramento tried to keep the ball in play and, and, to, and knock it out for a throw-in. Um, and Rashford was on a full-on sprint to get back. So it definitely wasn't under instruction to let him go. The second is he's obviously got hauled off the pitch with half hour to go, with it going very, very badly for them. Yeah, This was as one-sided a 1-0 game you could in terms of the quality level between the two teams. I know there's a lot of United fans like, well, our run's been good. Why, why aren't people talking about it? The reality is you keep beating shit. It's fine. You're also the biggest club in the country, so people will come for you when you're bad. But if you look at, say... It's the performances in those wins, though. They've not been good enough. I was exactly just about to use the reference of my team and say, if you look at Tottenham's performance, people are going, well, Tottenham might lose four in a row and we're still going, well, we're all right. Because yeah. of how we're playing. You're looking at them going, I don't see nothing here. No. I don't see nothing. Even at Everton last week, how they got through the last 20 minutes of the first half without conceding, beyond me. Yeah. They end up winning it comfortably. And again, you go to Goodison, you win. It's a good result. Um, and I wouldn't say they showed a lack of fight at Goodison. But that... The thing is as well, he's a star player, Rashford. Yep. And if you're... You got a boy like Kobe Minor, right? It's 18, he's playing in the team. Probably look, probably look, he does look good. I, I think he got a bit overwhelmed on Saturday, yeah, but is he normal. is a really good talent. Yeah. Um, and it, and he, I wouldn't say he was terrible, right? Um, most of his teammates were. But he's probably looking at someone like Rashford and going, have you, have you let that go? Like there's three or four instances you can clearly see he's gone, fuck that. Yeah. Now that... You go somewhere like Newcastle and do that as well. There's only one result. Mm, you got Bruno goes into business for himself again. Yep. Um, in terms of his going and, and pressing. They had a, there was an interesting battle of three V threes in the midfield and basically Fernandez tasked largely was Grimera's. Um McTominay with Joel Linson and the two kids, which was really nice to see, largely Mino and Miley up against each other. But United swapped it about quite a bit tactically where Fernandes would drop off shorter and McTominay would go beyond and then they'd swap and take responsibility on Joel Linton and Grimeras. Part of that is they just don't want McTominay on the ball. Yeah. So I feel like if you're at that stage, get a footballer in the team you are comfortable with having on the ball and play Bruno Fernandes close to your top man yep. and let it stick there and you'll get the best out of multiple different parts. That bit, for me, is on the manager. Agree. Yeah. It's on the manager or on Raphael Varane why he's not playing. No one can tell me United won't be better off with Varane, Raphael Varane playing. And yet, the two centre-backs, Maguire, and actually I think particularly Luke Shaw, played fine and defended at times fairly heroically. That is not going to be the long-term solution for no. Manchester United. Their team looks weaker than it looked in January. Yeah, That's also because a lot of very good players like Rashford are just not performing at the moment. I just don't see any 
progress tactically in here, here's where they're right and we to be honest we could probably have this discussion every week for a really really long time because i had this discussion a month ago with ten hog that and i've already spoken about it that says to me some of the players don't want to play for him yep. if he's lost the dressing room I know people are changing again, won't change nothing. The club's done at its core. I know that. But if they're not playing for the manager, you're wasting time. If you want to back the manager, you need to massively overhaul this team and show the same patience that his team showed with Arteta. And that means you're going to go through some more pain before you get on the right end. And they need to get all these personalities out the club who, if you don't want to play for him, go. Yeah. So United should be at a stage, if they're going to put their foot down and say, right, we're back in Ten Hag, and Marcus Rashford's going, I'm not having this, don't want to play for him. Sell him. See you. Yeah. Sell him. That will be the right way forward for Manchester United. That's the they way. won't do it, though. That's, but well, you're right, that's the way to do it, but they won't. But then he's, he's on massive wages. You're only yeah. looking at the elite clubs, and no elite club would look at that performance and go and buy him. No. So, now listen... Wednesday night is Chelsea it's a big game I'm sure the crowd will be up for it mm-hmm. they might win they might play well I do not see them being in contention for the top four there's no way they catch the top three and if I look at them two teams at the weekend there's not a chance in hell they finish above Newcastle even if Newcastle get more injuries because I'd have way more faith on Newcastle to pull out the right type of results Yeah. so they've now got this psychological barrier of this record against top half teams it's bad and there's more coming even like Chelsea top specifically half specifically in away games as well top half massively in away games yeah, yeah. but like Brighton have won there at home we've yeah. got all these teams to play at home still mm-hmm. all of them so and you could even say Brighton at home and I know Brighton's fitness uh, situation was much better then Brighton at home is not like a terrible fixture for a in terms of trying to get a result, because you know you're going to get chances. Brighton obliterated them. Yeah. So there's one good team's played at Old Trafford and they beat them comfortably. They've also lost at home to Palace. So they beat the majority of the shit, but they lost to Palace and they lose to anyone that's half decent, basically. Yeah. It's where they at, they're at. And I know also they've got their own injury issues. Yep. Lissandro Martinez is the only one, though, that I look at at the moment and think that's a massive miss. It's the only one. Yeah. I could go on for a lot longer about him. And Gary's on COTC this week, so we'll see what he says. That's going to be out on Wednesday. We're obviously doing United Bournemouth, but we're doing it Wednesday because they're both playing Wednesday night. So it'll, we'll we'll get more on United there. Sure. I suspect Gary is going to rip them. <laughs> he normally does anyway, yeah, even when they're he, playing even right, when they're good, so, he does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, yeah, that was all the Saturday games, and then it was a thrilling Super Sunday, so which started with Bournemouth two Villa thrilling two Sunday, but Sky still picked fucking yeah, West they Ham picked and the Palace. worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally couldn't make it up. Uh, but yeah, don't worry. It's not like there's another West Ham two o'clock coming up soon. Oh wait, oh, no. and there is. Is that there when is. Arsenal play Brighton? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Arsenal playing Brighton and Sky pick West Ham versus Wolves. I'm just making you aware now. Yeah, I know. But yeah, it was a Desmond two two and Bournemouth Villa, and many like both of us sold Ollie Watkins, and he's come out with a flipping double digit. It's no surprise. Digital, so. I mean, um, we, we was obviously heading up to Manchester and. Uh, um, Ricky, Ricky Saunders said, Ricky, I love you, pal. Um, thank you for getting me home and getting me to Manchester. Um, we'd obviously both sold Watkins. As soon as you see he's in the team, it's like, I know what's coming. Yeah. Because he's such a consistent horse that I don't think the fixtures matter so much. He's, he's perfect. And for those who've held, 
you probably are at a stage because if you look at even if you're wild card in 19 actually they play United away in 19 like don't fear that shit no Villa's fixtures are good going through January February and stuff he's a stick he really is a stick generally for those who've got past this point and held he's a stick if you're looking at it's it's Arsenal and City next cape you'd back him to still get a return in one of the two I'd also definitely back him to start twice. Yeah. Whereas I couldn't look at Nunes and Isak and have quite that confidence going into this week. No. So, again, if you were making it, you'd have been making it now. Well, they're definitely both playing this weekend. So, let it, let it be. Let it go. I think it'll probably be the best captaincy in game with K-10 as well. With Sheffield United at home. So, you're definitely sticking. I think Diaby and Cash would be more concerning. What's it, the situation with Cash? Then? Is he just lost his place so he's on now. four yellows which is also a, yeah. a problem I've got him and I, I, I feel has like he lost his place no okay but I think um, Leon Bailey's performances I mentioned last week I thought it was great when he came on against us and I think I've always looked at him and felt erratic I, I sit on that side that he played okay. in the second half last week and I kind of have an angle looking through, you know, like the old Robin curler. Yeah, so if yeah, someone yeah. comes off the right <laughs> and they shape left-footed, like Bailey's goal yesterday, yeah. I've kind of got the angle of that okay, to see sure. it. And when he's stepping inside, you're thinking, oh, there's something in his shape, the yeah. way he's doing it, his control, he's capable. And he scored that basically exact goal yesterday to yeah, do that. Great finish. So he might suddenly become one that comes on radar going into 18. Now, because of what they've got in the next three, it's a last-minute job, I think. Any investment new in Villa, like if you didn't own Watkins, I'm not going to go and buy him back this week. No. Right? The, only, the only scenario for me buying him back is if Klopp goes tomorrow, actually Darwin Nunes has done his hamstring. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to suck it up and go back. Right? Yeah, same. Otherwise, it's not moving at the moment. So you, I would think now for Villa, they're the actual wait to wait team. So the three teams have got great fiction, 18 at Newcastle, mm-hmm. Villa, Tottenham. Tottenham arguably is the one to attack first because it's three home games in the next four. Newcastle, you can make a case for, but I think we have to be aware of the, the five fixtures in the close proximity. So I think really more game week 17 is more suitable. Villa's the last one. Yeah, Attack Villa in 18. Because uh, although they're doing great, City, Arsenal and Brentford away is three rough fixtures. Yeah, And over that period, we might get a little bit more that tells us about what that team will be against Sheffield United in game week 18. Now, if Leon Bailey's in it, he's th- or if you think he's going to be in it, he might be a great one to go and attack. It might be by that we think Alex Moreno might be a good one to attack, who obviously started last Thursday in Europe. I think Bailey is the real impact on cash that's concerning. Okay. Now, here's the thing, though. If they want to keep Bailey in the team, I think Esri Konza keeps playing right back. But, they missed Bubakar Kamari yesterday, and what they like to do is shove him into the right-back position and push Cash further forward, and then whoever's playing right midfield, which normally has been sort of John McGinn, goes into the central area and joins the midfield. Now, Bailey's not going to go into midfield, but he might do it where he moves into the front two and joins Watkins. That would be bad for Diaby. So there's a number of knock-ons here. Yeah. Also, we could look like at it and go, effect, yeah. Bailey keeps playing... And Cash gets left out for the next three. And then we arrive at Sheffield United and Emery goes, well, I don't care, Sheffield United, I'm playing Matty Cash. That could even be the scenario. So I'm trying to give myself some space in terms of Aston Villa decision-making. So for me right now, Matty Cash is just sitting on that bench, almost yeah. third sub for Same. me. 
actually in forthcoming weeks. The one I'd be looking at as a replacement, by the way, for me personally, but I'd need some money elsewhere, is, is Porro. Okay. So I'd only be moving to another 18 player. Yeah. Also, that, that would then take me to treble Tottenham, which, say, if I wanted to take, say, a Brennan Johnson punt, who scored three times against Everton <laughs> last season and looked v- much better yesterday, by the way, then that would be off the table. So... Yeah, I think with Villa, it's a weight at the moment. It also means largely what you've got keep, what you haven't, don't get yet. But I also get there'll be plenty you've got Matty Cash and are sitting there with Kabore and Taylor as their full fifth defenders. Well, in that case, kids, it's sell. Yeah. And any love for Bournemouth? And I, and I think, by the way, Porro would be my top shout. Yeah, and what about Bournemouth? Obviously, they've got seven points now in their last three. Last minute... Uh, equaliser from Watkins here and they've got a decent run coming up Palace away United away Luton at home Forest away Fulham at home yeah with them as well you look at the 17-18 fixtures Luton at home Forest away I think it's probably more an assess for the next couple and come back now obviously for people who want to use Semenyo as a facilitator crack on I can't remember how much he is they keep flipping between left and right hand side Semenyo and so Tavernier it might be a 4.6 million yeah 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 and he's, he's a far better asset than Archer even if even though Archer you'd look at and go yeah play Semenyo's a bit of risk it don't matter that's yeah. a way better option so if people want to use that as a facilitator and it's not one that I would completely rule out myself then yeah that, that's absolutely fine I think Justin Cliver at midfield 4.6 is fine it kind of looked like he wasn't I've, I've seen very little of the game yesterday Looked like he wasn't around the key moments so much. Dominic Solanke could have easily had a hat-trick yesterday on the bits I've seen this morning. And he's another great potential get. So if I, I've spoken about getting Watkins and Isak yep. in for 18. Well, let's just say St. Amps to Isak in the next couple of weeks, which unfortunately with his injury record is not impossible. It might be that I look at 17 and go, OK, Dominic Solanke, let's have that yeah. for two weeks, right? Of course, for me then, wildcard 19, I don't need to factor in, oh, he's... Solanke worth more than Semenyo yeah, it's just can you afford it, it? Yep. yeah I'll, I'll go with a number nine so but there'll be others thinking longer term and I think both can very much be considered the other interesting one is Kirkes because Lloyd yeah. Kelly um, is out we think for the rest of the year so Kirkes who's been in and out of the team will stay in it now over this period that's a real wild card pick but I tell you what if you wanted a Bournemouth defensive one over this period that would be the one. Neil was big on him in the summer, weren't he? So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was he the only teenager to score five goals in European leagues or something last year something as a defensive like player? Or so? I can't remember the stat, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's capable. I, he ended up with one of the assists yesterday, I think, didn't he? So uh, that he would, did. Yep. That would be the one. That's not your worst solution. Like, if you're looking for a cash replacement and you can't go to up to Poro and you're looking down, I don't mind that. But you, I think also psychologically, you probably don't want to play him in the next two. No. So I do think it's probably game week yeah, 17. Have a look more, I think, yeah. Cool. Move. They're playing much better. And I'm, those who did proper look at Iraola in the summer, I don't think are that surprised. No. Well, we, we were saying it was... We always yeah. said when the fixtures turned, judged them. Yeah. Then they had the really rough result at Everton and played badly. And then it was like, oh, shit. I'm happy for them. They were yeah. lucky to beat Burnley, but it was a turning point for them. Yeah. Right, moving it on. So uh, this was a chaotic game, like many of the others. Chelsea through, Chelsea through, Chelsea free, Brighton two. Uh, can't believe you content creators didn't big up Enzo Fernandez before it happened. His double digit haul. Sorry, Col- mate. Are yeah. you sitting in front of a microphone? 
Colwell forgetting who he was. Front, are you sitting in front of a microphone? I'm just a substitute. You're, you're a content. <laughs> Listen, who the fuck's calling Sudge a content creator, mate? So, yeah, yeah. no, you're a content creator, pal. Colwell obviously forgot he scored and celebrated against his old team and then just stopped halfway through. I don't oh, know if you saw that. He? That made I me didn't laugh. I take much notice of it. Um, I saw his interview after the game. He was quite apologetic. I saw that. But yeah, and uh, obviously a red card for Gallagher. So, yeah, all of the action happening in that red game. Red cards can't be argued they're both yellow cards uh no doubt about that but i should say fabian share was uh, lucky not to see red in that newcastle united game okay, i've weekend. not seen that incident yeah sure. he's lucky he's lucky De- definitely different referee different day goes red card definitely um i think newcastle would have still won with nine to be honest um what game are we talking about chelsea, chelsea brighton. brighton yep so there aren't huge takeaways we can take from chelsea yesterday because we knew the suspensions to james and cucurella meant that they were probably going to have to play Disasai and Colwell as fullbacks. And I said that in a roundabouts way, it might benefit them. Okay. <laughs> I think it did. Yeah. Um, even the fact that they went down to 10 men, they've ended up using, it looks like they used Ian Matson as a right wing back and pushed Disasai and the rest along and played basically a 5-2-1 late in the game. Um, but there's nothing to say that won't change. We would expect Rhys James to come back in the team, right? I think that's the yeah. more likely one. But let's not be surprised if James and Colwell, both um, James and Cucurella come back in for Colwell and Duke, um, Ducarella. <laughs> You're right. This aside, <laughs> I've not had much sleep the last couple of days, I'm telling you. Um, this aside, Ducarella. <laughs> this is great, isn't it? I think we can see what happened there with Sissasai, can't we? <laughs> um, but it could be Colwell plays left-sided centre-back. With Chelsea, I know there's a lot are going to want to invest going to game week 16. I don't even know if the Manchester United game is going to give us true information. No, but I wouldn't it's a be nice shocked if they, I wouldn't be shocked if they went with the, the big lads again, even in uh, Everton in game week 16, for example. James is the one people still want, isn't it? So he probably plays at Old Trafford. It was a one-game suspension. I spoke about it a lot last week. People can reference back to that because I've been talking too yeah. much. On was, Palmer... I was just going to ask, was that tactical? Because there, there were rumours on the Saturday yeah. night, right? So there was rumours that he might have had a, an injury issue and wasn't 100%. Um, for me, almost definitely comes back into the team. Okay. Particularly, okay. obviously, Gallagher's suspended as well, right? True. I know Gary Mantle, our Chelsea correspondent, was making a comment on our, our Chelsea Slack channel last night that he thought Mudrick stayed on because there was no intention to play him at Old Trafford. Okay. So you would think Palmer comes back in. Enzo obviously stays with Casado in the tomb. Um, although they might use a different solution, which might be Palmer right, Sterling left. And ironically, now he's just scored twice. They might use Enzo as a t- as a ten, and play Ugochukwu if he's fixed. I think he wasn't in the squad himself yesterday. And Casado deeper. They might do that at Manchester. Why United. would they do that? Um, pressing at the top end. Okay. So again, I don't understand why Gallagher played on the right in the game at Newcastle because pressing off the ball is so good. So the one benefit against United is they don't mind given time is a good little player but they don't have anyone who can really hurt you from that position Manchester yeah. United again bypass McTominay it's more about if Bruno drops deeper in terms of the build up so but if Chelsea want to put these players under pressure I would have thought Enzo Fernandez is the best profile player to then play the 10 sure. that said they might be shattered after yesterday they've had a long time against 10 men yeah. and Brighton moved the ball well right and it will be taxed on the legs so it might be one that he the, the team selection at Manchester United might come down to fitness levels. But Palmer, for me, will definitely come in. He's still a good pick-up for people in the next couple of weeks. So 
I wouldn't be concerned about it from that perspective. You can't help but look at Sheffield United home in game week 17 and think I want something. Yeah, well, their run in general was good. Like, it's really but good. I think for me, like I'm thinking of getting Sanchez in, in 16. But I think for me with the outfield players, I look at it enough as three games and go, okay, Sheffield United at home's great. But still Everton away and Wolves away. Like they're not... They're not easy. Like grouping not. it as fixtures, fine. But for me, I'm in wild card in 19. Yeah, and I can add yeah. it then. Um, and I'm also doing it at a period where that's in the middle of them playing Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday lunchtime, and a bit more informed of how many minutes players have played at Wolves on the Sunday yeah. before, for example. Do you think um, on defensive assets for them? Do you think Badia Shuli could be someone to keep an eye on? I saw a lot of Chelsea fans raving about his performance. He's back-to-back starts. Yeah, now. but I'd, four point four. I, don't think we can read enough to say that he's definitely now first choice. No, it's just more. I don't like think we've got enough so information. I just yeah, it's a very and, small. And we've also bubble of people. I saw, we've got no idea. He's one of the big topic. What happens when Nkunku comes back? Right? Anybody who says they hundred percent know doesn't because we've not seen Christopher Nkunku and Cole Palmer in the same team. Yeah. So we can we can reference preseason and we can reference what we've seen since then, but we don't know how that works. And Nkunku is a multifunctional player who can play in a number of different forward positions. So he's going to be back at some point and that fixture run suggests that it's a nice period to bring him back in, right? Yeah. We've had the last two weeks where we thought, oh, he's probably going to be on the bench and he hasn't been. So he's going to come back into this over this key period of those great fixtures. And we don't really know the impact no. of that. And it, So therefore, for me, the only offensive one still to look at would be Palmer. Sure. Cool. Any more to add on that before we go on to the... For, for Brighton, yep. it's just the usual mess of trying to guess the lineup, and, you know, didn't help. I think De Zerbi did his presser on, like, Saturday, and then it came out that Matoma was a doubt. They'll rotate heavily over these forthcoming games. We've played like Jack Hinshelwood at left back. He's a central midfield player, really. Dunk suspended this week for Brentford's not good. I'm Don't keep clean sheets anyway. Weeks, you know. This is the thing with them, right? They could get well beat by Brentford. Who have yeah. they got in 16? They have got Burnley at home. Burnley at home. Wouldn't be surprised if it slipped up. You would expect them to win, but it wouldn't be a surprise. They never beat Palace. <laughs> Sorry, Seagulls <laughs> fans. In game week 18. And in the middle of that, they might go to the Emirates and win. Yeah. Like, and I can't that's, disagree that's with where it. You're yeah. at, that's where you're at with them. They do sit, yeah. It's worth saying that game at Arsenal was three days after their last Europa game and need to win it to win the group. True. So bear that in mind. Yeah. And we've got PSV away that week where... And the, the winning the group the saves you two football matches. Yeah. Really so it is important. Cool. Their spacing, by the way, over Christmas is good, though. Just, just briefly, yeah, yeah, sure. Because they play Palace on a Thursday, Tottenham on a Thursday, and then West Ham on a Tuesday. Okay. So over those three game weeks, they actually play first and and in the first of the week and last. So if you think Chelsea got three games in six days, there's a spread for Brighton over twelve. Okay, it's interesting. Nice. nice. They'll still rotate though. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. But he might tell us in the press. I think he's he just avoid. Like if you've got Pedro, it's a weekly guessing game and stuff. He's fine. It's just a headache, isn't it? It's you just never know. Yeah, you just never know. Uh, on to the next one. It was even Gross didn't start yesterday. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I know. Yeah, next one was Liverpool four, Fulham three, and it was just bangers on bangers and bangers for Liverpool. Yeah, it was. Um, feel sorry for Trent that that's gone down as an own goal. I mean, rightly so, but what a free kick. I feel more so- sorry that it's a great free kick and then Alexis McAllister scored a yeah. far better goal, <laughs> just saying. But it's, it's interesting, Liverpool have essentially scored 
for long range efforts. Uh, Trent's not a long range, but there's enough bodies in the way yeah. that it's not a it's not a big chance, let's say, and it's brilliantly finished. Endo comes on, and as a few of our, our Liverpool patrons were saying, actually that change had a huge impact. Like okay. you wouldn't have thought with ten minutes to go and lose, I'll oh, bring on Endo for Gravenberch, but it stabilised it and it let Trent go a bit more. Okay, nice. That seems to be what they were saying. I've not seen a lot more of the, the game. I'm really hot now, Nico, by the way, <laughs> but I feel like it's, it's got to go on. Um, it's interesting. I, I watched Masha Day this morning and he was talking a lot about, you've got to move Trent into midfield now. What are you doing? Tanks the boss lay out the team. Yeah, literally. Are you playing the right back? I also think with that whole thing of like, <laughs> putting him in midfield, I think people don't get the whole idea of it's where people start and arrive into spaces, not where they... Yeah, it's a completely... Because we get it with Zinchenko a lot in Arsenal circles, and I'm like, it's a completely yeah, different... Yeah, he can go where he wants. From the little bits I've seen yesterday, he drops into the centre-back position and yeah. stuff as well. Yeah. It allows him the freedom. He's free. Yeah. He's free on the ball. Um, and I don't think, for me, what you move him into midfield and then what puts Savosla as the left... You could do it. Savosla as the left-sided eight is much more effective as the right-sided eight. Yeah. So, no, not massively keen on that. Uh, Salah, for me, I think is best captaincy yep. for this game week. Same. Got it. Bust on him. I don't think we could sit here and be 100% sure he starts. Okay. I agree. Just, it can't be 100%. It's just the close proximity of the games. Do you not but think I, he's just one of those robust, like... Yeah, yeah I think so. It's what I would say. It's traffic light system. So, if, the, yeah. if honestly, it's as simple as if the physios and the docs say to him, look, he's at risk, he won't play. Yeah, of course. Now, I think that's more likely to happen for the Palace game than the Sheffield United game. But it's probably the most likely scenario is they go 3 4 nil up at Sheffield United. He's got involved. Take him off, take him off for 20 yeah. minutes to go. Oh, no, I'm only getting 70 minutes. Listen, he's probably already done the damage. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I think he's the best captaincy this week. Um, Nunes is way riskier from that perspective. Yeah. Because I think they'll know that Sheffield United will play quite deep. And admittedly, Palace will as well, you would imagine. But Gakpo, they could easily use Gakpo as the nine to drop off short and link the play and get Salah and Jota a bit narrower and higher off the ball. So Nunes, from a Capsi perspective, is, is probably a no, but I think Salah's best. Any idea how Darwin got on in this game? Like I said, I've only seen highlights. So I mean, apparently all of the front three didn't play well, yeah, including Jota as well. Um, and they, look, as I said, it's not that if you look at that chance to have had them go, XG, etc., like it, it's fine, but they have ended up scoring four, you could say, weldies yeah. basically, has won them the game. And defensively, it didn't look right. So, as much as Trent scored, Trent scored and Trent got an assist, <laughs> I'd be a little bit concerned, not for this week, but again, I, I don't see how you could go and buy over Shimikas at three and a half cheaper. Shimikas has actually ended up. A little bit fortuitous the assist for Trent. I think he's just trying to yeah, head it. I don't he's, think he yeah, knows he's where just it's going. Jumping, like, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, to be honest, I think Dayan Kulazeski did that yesterday, and that was fine as well. <laughs> um, so it wouldn't be a sell if you're on Trent at this minute, but I think it's one to look at going into seventeen eighteen if you need to find money from somewhere. Kelleham didn't cover himself in glory, and yes, it's a three point nine goalkeeper from one of the best teams makes in the, the league. Defense worse. It, we should not be shocked about a team being 
weaker with their second choice goalkeeper in goal and also in the case where Alisson is one of the best shot stoppers in the world it's yeah I, I think that really feels like a detail that people just gloss over all the time and I'm like it's I don't his get presence it. on many things and I know he didn't have the best day at the he had himself yeah, last week but that's not the norm yeah with him. he's probably the the top goalkeeper around on that as well just a side note on Newcastle um Pope one of Pope's really underrated skills is his sweeping ability mm-hmm as in they can leave space and he'll come off his yeah, line. Quite Think off back his line, to yeah. the red card against Liverpool last year where he cocked up. But um, he's, he's, <laughs> yeah. the thing is with him, because he's not brilliant with his feet, we don't associate him with that. Yeah. But actually, he does it really well. Yeah. I don't have to Bravka will. And it might make the whole team deeper. Okay. Really good so point. So bear that in mind. Um, yeah, Keller in goal doesn't make them better. And also, Joel Matic's been playing quite well and got injured yesterday. And I would suggest probably the rest of this month is probably mm, what price Ibrahim Akanate um, Nico <laughs> sitting replace Clayton I've just sacked him off mate uh, I don't know he's it four points take... something I still I wouldn't buy him over Shimikas. I still think I, I, in seriousness like if you want something for two games then yeah fine invest in Liverpool I think there's every chance he doesn't play both games Canate is 4.9 mil so he's more expensive than Shimikas yeah. now forget it but he'll probably play the next number I wouldn't be surprised if Gomez played left back, maybe even tomorrow night. They might, mind you, they might take a view and think because of Michael Elise, play him again and then leave him out of Palace and play Gomez there against them. They might look at it more that way, maybe. Uh, Fulham played quite well. And I think they have this ability in some of the tougher games when you begin to doubt them. You know, they, they pulled a result off at, at your place earlier in the yeah. season. Lost very narrowly to Manchester United a few weeks ago. Um, the Chelsea performance a few weeks ago caused a bit of an alarm because it didn't play the game like the intensity of what a derby should be. But um, that's a decent showing from them yesterday. And one thing with Fulham is we've been really worried about them scoring goals. We've just scored six in the last week. Yeah. That's worth saying, Raul Jimenez still ain't got any of them. <laughs> he didn't score yesterday, did he? No, he didn't. Sorry, I, I literally watched the highlights of this. Deckard over Reed, Tete and Wilson. Your boy Wilson, he got a goal. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, go and buy Harry Wilson. Please don't do that. <laughs> so I think Fulham probably not an agenda at the moment. Um, they've, they've got Newcastle weighing 17. Um, the other fixtures around it are okay. It's Burnley at home in 18. But, I mean, you've seen like, you know, people were asking about William after Monday and then he doesn't start yesterday. Yeah. When they're all fit, there's enough cooks there to not have reliability. I know um, Castagne was being tipped up a lot by a, a lot of the prediction models a couple of weeks ago. He didn't play yesterday. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, you probably you weren't starting him at Liverpool anyway. But is that Kenny Tete back in the team now? I don't, I don't know. And I know there's a lot of people said Andy Robinson played well yesterday. You yeah. know, he's an interesting one, Robinson. I thought he played really well at Tottenham as well. He's done well against Saka before as well. Yeah. Every time I see him and I think, I really like him. The next time I watch him afterwards, he always has a bad game, I swear. Yeah, maybe he's just got that ability against certain profiles of like the top quality. Um, and I think from up. that perspective, seriously, if you wanted to invest in Castagne, Robinson or Tete, either in game week 18, for example, for Burnley at home, my take would be you want one of the three of them injured before it comes around to know yeah. which two are going to play. Because you would prefer that rather than going for Tim Ream. The goalkeeper, of course, is absolutely fine. Is the heating broke, Nico? It's overheated. Nice. I do feel warm enough, in fairness. I'm a little bit chilly, but yeah. What's, what we got left? 
Uh, we've got two more games. Uh, we've oh, got West Ham West and Palace, Palace and uh, City and Spurs. But just one final thing on Liverpool. Obviously, uh, it's taken them second in the table given City's result. Are they? Yeah. Oh, so, uh, not even looked at league table, two, I swear. Two points behind Arsenal. And um, that's obviously potentially shaping up to be a huge clash in a game week 18. They won't win so. no league defending some of those well, this like is yesterday. What I, yeah. But then they just need to ride the period without Alisson particularly exactly. and, and then it's fine. Yeah. And to be honest, if it's just Sheffield United Palace, they probably ride it okay, yeah, I would imagine. Exactly. But yeah, uh, Sky Super Sunday game. West Ham Palace. West Ham Palace, 1-1 one, one on the telly. So, Lovely stuff. Yeah, so Bowen <laughs> played, which shouldn't shock anyone. Uh, played through the middle. I was listening on the radio yesterday, I got really annoyed. Uh, whoever, whoever it was, Ricky put talk shite on, whatever. Anyway... Whoever was reporting from West Ham was like, West Ham have no recognised forward. It's like, have you been watching them lately? <laughs> like, Bowen's playing through the middle. Um, there's not anything I can take away from this massively because I've literally just watched the three minutes or so that was on match a day this morning. Sure. Obviously, it's a huge error from Mavropanos for the goal. Zuma, um, we think, missed out for personal reasons yesterday. Okay. I saw Ben. I'm sure Ben Dinnery had, had tweeted that. Apologies if I've got that wrong, um, and I don't know what the circumstances there. He notoriously plays pretty well against my team, Kurt Zuma, but he does notoriously play very well against Harry Kane specifically. Okay, so it could so, be a different kettle of fish now. Yeah, yeah, could be. I get the vibe, uh, and it's not to say that it will happen, but I think West Ham fans were a little bit concerned about that game on Thursday night. See, that's interesting because they're not defending well. No, and with them, there's a, there's a basic that should happen with a David Moyes team where it does. Um, is there anything tactically you've seen and why they're not defending well, or is it just people? I think a lot of it's individual you? mistakes. Okay. I also think I'm not convinced that the goalkeeper inspires confidence. Yeah, like I think I he's fine. He he again. I don't know because he, he, he goes from talking about how much he's. Been brilliant yeah, for them and he, stuff, right? He so. would say he's been one of their players of the year. I, he has moments where there's it, certain ones, and you think that's a great save, and then the next one you think, I think he should have got that. Okay, interesting. Um, so I think he kind of balances himself out where he can produce the weldy, but there's also some. I think I think he can be a bit slow to get down sometimes. I'd stop laughing as soon as I said that. I, I, <laughs> I didn't want to look at you because I knew you were going to be glaring me out, mate. Honestly, <laughs> You're so, get get yourself out of the gutter, mate. Really. <laughs> <laughs> fuck's sake yeah Ariola owners keep don't invest in anything else West Ham at the moment Bowen as I said I'm probably going to have to bench him this week not because I want to yeah. uh, I've just, just got a strong squad probably the weakest of the good assets I've got going into into this week I know the inevitability of what happens if I do that it's yeah. dangerous he's a nine and I know we give teams opportunities and he'll have one in the game but you saying Martinelli's playing I, I can't leave that out I can't, in my opinion I can't that's leave, not a fact I can't <laughs> leave Bumo out I can't against Brighton I can't whereas we might have enough of it and West Ham's good moments might all just come from set pieces yeah West Ham are very capable of beating my team on Thursday night and only having like 25% of the ball yeah because from set pieces they will we are in trouble we're in trouble but if we can keep ourselves in their half that negates it quite a lot. No, yeah. I think you feel quite confident you can get at them based on what you've seen of them defensively. Well, I know, I know well. more than some of the recent games I've seen. What I'm going to get with the game on Thursday okay. is we will, we will control it. Yeah, we will control it, and it might suit West Ham a little bit more. To Sid talks about this a lot, not have the ball sitting deeper, but with my team, 
there's so much fluidity and movement with the stuff that the fullbacks do, etc. That uh, it's going to pull them apart. I think so. Yeah, I would. I would go into the game confident, not to the. Oh, I think we'll smash them. No, no. but. Uh, I think we'd win the game three two or something like that at the okay. moment, probably. Oh. And both West Ham goals from set pieces, possibly. So I say that I think, oh, maybe West Ham scored twice and might bench Bowen. Like it doesn't feel right. <laughs> it doesn't make honestly. sense when you say it like that. No, it yeah. doesn't. So I might even change my mind on that. We might give them a slap in though. That oh. is that is possible as well. On Palace, uh, Chris Richards played central midfield. Decore is going to be such a mess for them. Uh, mess oh, it's a mess he's going to be a miss so it looks like Jefferson Lerma played a lot higher yesterday and I think that was possibly to try and pin West Ham back a little bit so he played right in the midfield three which was a surprise um, I know there was conflicting opinion whether Richards played well or not Will Hughes played to the left of him he's obviously he's a centre-back by trade right mm-hmm. so whether that sticks I'm not sure Palace might look to invest in that area as well but I do think um, even with the Bournemouth home games. I mean, if you had the likes of just hypothetically, you had, I don't know, Shimikas, Porro, Saliba, Gay as an example. Like, I don't, you ain't playing Gay this week anyway. No. So I think we're at, we're at stage most scenarios where Palace players become expendable now. Yeah, agreed. Eze, the, Eze de is going to try and train this week, but Roy Hodgson didn't sound confident. Yeah, such a shame for him. Doing well. The core is, is going to be a huge miss. Yeah. Right. And on to the final game of the game week. Man City 3 and your lot. Tottenham Hotspur, that is 3. Um, you were there. I was. Verdict? Just. <laughs> <laughs> Playing trains and automobiles yesterday just without the planes. Uh, verdict. Very proud from the Tottenham perspective, obviously. Because, uh, listen, let's be very real. City could have easily been 4 or 5 one up at half time. Um there really? was some, yeah, there was some laughable moment. I mean, the, the Doku effort um, when he hits the bar and yeah, post I've in the one that. shot. My dad looked at me and I looked at him and we both just burst out laughing. It was like, we're getting away with it at the moment, but we know what's coming. Um, he's just, on the second goal, he's so poor from us defensively. I think they try and play offside inside the penalty box and Ben Davis doesn't quite get the telegram message and goes yeah. in deeper and yeah it's a mess but City can do that to you um, and City offensively were good I thought they were great in that first half City because Did you say specifically defensively? No uh, offen- offensively oh, okay. purely because I've had a feeling for a long time that of the top teams they are for me they're easier to play against than you yeah, I agree with that, which and I never thought. What, I, I, would what I mean by that is, um, it's not it's not easier playing Arsenal than Manchester City necessarily, but I mean in terms of how you play through teams yeah. um, and your ability. Like my dad said to me, even half hour in, it's like you know, when, when we get in the other end, it's like we can hurt them. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, because they're vulnerable. Their presto, I thought it was so good. Yeah, the way they press. And it's interesting. The, the two best teams in this league, yourselves yeah. and City, I thought pressed fantastically well in the games against Tottenham. They were so aggressive. It did help that you've got Emerson Royal labouring. And, and and I know he's, he's got a bit of stick for the way he played yesterday. City just absolutely targeted him every yeah. time he had the ball. Was and, he the one that gave and it defensively away? defensively, he was fine. For Foden's goal? Or I can't I, remember no, specifically. I, can't, I don't think it was. Okay. I can't remember. So much happened. I, yeah. I can't remember, to be honest. Um, I think probably Romero comes in for him. Okay. Because um, I think... For Ange, first and foremost, is about what you do with the ball. And Ben Davis' distribution at times, even yesterday, was pretty good. Um, like he can he can be patient and find a pass that is 
He's line breaking. Emerson Royal can keep it. He can't play a line breaking pass, right? Romero obviously can as well. So I think Romero comes in. I wouldn't be diving into Davis, by the way. And I know a few are going to probably ask that because he is dirt cheap. Find the extra for the two wing backs. He's yeah. absolutely the advice on that. And for me, it's definitely Poro over mm-hmm. Doggy. That hole, I don't know when it's coming, it but it's coming. And it was never likely to be yesterday, right? My prediction is Forrest away, that hole. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to get to him. And, it, and it's, it's been bothering me pretty much every week since the week after I bought with Doggy, basically. It's been bothering me every week since game week four, actually, to be precise. I've been like, oh my God, I've got to get him and just never been able to get there. And with Romero back, we will be better defensively. Yeah. We will also be better offensively with Romero back. That will have a big, big difference because City were trying to shun it all, all game long into the Emerson yeah. side, right? Now, that's not so easy. Teams might do it to Davis, and they might actually find that Ben Davis' distribution is better than what they think. So I think Davis gets the nod from that perspective. I think, I would imagine Richarlison will probably, with a few days training, probably come in for Hill. Kulizewski in that eight role probably sticks. He's the only player to score an assist in the same game at the Etihad against the Guardiola team. Ever? Yeah. He's the, he's the only, he's the oh only well, player to I do it in, say in two different someone. goal and assist against Guardiola at the Yeti had. Yeah, okay. And the other time he played there, he scored as well. No assist. It's yeah. weird how some yeah, some, some players and teams... A, yeah. Yeah. He won't score for two, three months probably. <laughs> I still think he just puts his head in and closes his eyes. You did say that. Yeah, yeah I you, do. Yeah. And it, it, kind like of look, it, it looks yeah. like it comes off his shoulder a bit. Like we was quite high behind the goal near the corner flag. Were you safe from and the when, limbs? When it when, was I safe from limbs? Was yeah, everyone else safe from me? That. Have you got any broken bones? It was everyone else safe from me? No, no, no. My knuckle still hurts from when Declan <laughs> scored against Sheffield United. And I'm not joking. Um, no, it was good, obviously, but it was a shock when it hit the net. Yeah, and you and got was, that vibe was, from it, the crowd. It was as well, like yeah. a weird. It, the ball took a weird spin, and then when it hit the bar, like you hit it at the bar, and it almost was like it's going to come out. That, yeah, yeah, from our angle. And I think it might have sounded like we celebrated a bit late. It was there was also shock, right? Yeah. So um very proud of the way we played in the second half. I think we had about fifty six percent of the ball okay. in the second half. And I know City are winning and game state matters and stuff. That is still some going. And it was interesting that I I looked at the clock and there was sixty minutes gone and I was thinking how I felt against City to how I felt against Villa. So sixty minutes the score was two one. Uh, yeah, City yep. winning 2-1 and I think Villa must have been 2-1 up by that stage as well or near enough about. And how but, did you feel? But, but I remembered, I, I, my exact feeling was I felt way more confident getting a result yesterday than I did against Villa. Wow. Now, I don't know if that's how we'd started playing in the second half and I think against Villa we fatigued massively. I spoke last week about basically only Kulazewski and Porro looked like the only two players that had anything left in the tank. Sure. And I've been critical of Brennan Johnson, particularly recently, like it's his run at the end that assists the goal. I thought his work ethic was absolutely great. Yes, he's much better. I think there's a lot for him to improve, but much, much better. When you play him over the top, you ain't catching him. Yeah, he's he is. Rapid. Oh, he really is. There's a lot to improve for him to be a top-level player, but rapid. So I think Kulazewski in that eight position might stick. I know a few people are going to kind of ask about the Celso now. Would you say, is he a fantasy option there? In the Kulazewski. Eight? Yeah. I think what they'll probably do against West Ham is I think they'll probably play Richarlison on the left, move Johnson back to the right, okay. and just play... Kudaszewski in in that role. You look at the two games and you'd arguably say maybe yes, 
But I think with him, it would only be a short term. Yeah. And I guess for wild cards, you could look at it. But I couldn't, I, I don't think I'd make the case to pay for him over Johnson. I don't think. Sure. Um, not worth the extra, I think. And I wouldn't, I would still rather go to people like Gordon, I think. Okay. A few people may want to know about the Celso. Yeah, my uh, mate's actually gone on him. He's got two that, returns from him. I did tweet a couple of weeks ago. Um, keep your eye on it. Yeah. Because he's four eight or something, I I'm think. I'm not sure I can he's find so out for you. cheap. But that's less of an option, I think. Even even despite the fact he scored in the last two, they're both long range efforts from the edge of the box. Um, the goal is is beautiful, obviously. Yesterday, You're right? He's four point eight. Um, but uh, he's he's obviously dropping very very short and linking the play. Completed every pass yesterday, hundred yeah. percent, forty. Oh. That at the Etihad, he's as particularly the way they pressed. That is mad impressive. There was a lot of frustration around me about. I'm holding on to the ball too long. And that's because the rest of the team's quite quick. Mm-hmm. What you understand is he's the one with the the intelligence on the ball. He's not Madison. So you've just got to accept him for what he is. They weren't fucking moaning when he scored, by the way. They yeah. stopped completely. It was singing his name straight afterwards. For City, it's now a few draws when they've been winning in big games. Tottenham, Liverpool, Chelsea. And... I think it may get sorted quite quickly, actually. I think we've made a lot about Rodri, and Rodri is going to be a miss on Wednesday. Yep. And that's why I think they may well get beat at Villa. John Stones being back will be monster yeah. for Manchester to say. When is he due back, do you know? Well, he's been subbed the last few games, oh, so okay. he's, uh, he is back, but obviously not to extent that um, they think they can obviously start him yeah. in a game that's going to be high intensity like that. Could they play him in midfield against Villa? be a big risk. They might, they might. I mean, that's the best solution to not playing yeah. Rodri. He is unbelievable, by yeah, the way. He's so good. Yeah, is a, a joke footballer. You appreciate that so more when you watch someone like that live in terms of his awareness, his positioning. What a top, top, Technical top player ability as well. Um, it was interesting when Foden got taken off. By the way, there were it wasn't a lot, and I don't know if it was audible on the TV, but there were a few boos. Okay that Guardiola brought on Lewis rather than phone it. And because yeah. at that stage, obviously, it was 2-2. It was a few two, minutes two. after the goal, yeah. And it, it did on the face, but it did appear strange. Suddenly, they went up a notch with Lewis. What a talent he's yeah. going to be as well. Uh, I think, you know, is he part of City's best 11 at the moment? No. Foden, of course, by the way, with this Doku injury, and this applies to Alvarez as well, he's going to keep playing. Mm. So, I mean, Foden and... and um, Alvarez, that we've Grealish suspended and we don't know the Doku prognosis at the moment. This certainty is to play at Villa. So, like, for me as an Alvarez owner, I'm not moving that at the moment. Would you consider, like, just assess the Villa game and then a two-week punt before the blank? Luton on a, for, like, on a, a Foden? On a Foden or something. I'd love that. For those who want a free hit in game week 18, I think that sort of thing should be yeah. right near the top well, of your consideration. Like yourself are going to wild card in the 19, right? Yeah, but if you're free hitting in 18, then you have an awareness of afterwards and not just before, right? So if someone like me is dead ending into 18, I don't need to think about beyond. Whereas if you're, say, free hitting in 18, you can obviously load up on City for the brilliant 16, 17, 19, 20 fixtures. Even if the double doesn't happen, it's a phenomenal run of, of games. Now, if Doku's out for a sustained period... 
then the probability of is quite simple. The probability of Foden and Alvarez getting more minutes has just gone up, right? Yeah. Now, could they use Rico Lewis as a 10? You betcha. <laughs> yes, they could, by the way, particularly in some of the more straightforward fixtures. But they it, will, though. I definitely think he could. I think Guardiola thinks that's what he is, you know. Really? Yeah, in the long term, yeah. I think wow. he does. Okay. I think that's what he sees him as rather than a rather than a fullback. I think he sees him as someone who eventually and we have to remember our young years, someone eventually who will play in a higher position. I think defensively though, I wouldn't go buying him by the no. way. I think defensively they're a complete ignore till John Stones is is fit. And I also think um they'd be a complete ignore just generally anyway, unless John Stones is fit. And that's the one I'd want. A Manchester City without, if John Stones doesn't start, and I think he probably doesn't, um, without Rodri as well, and Grealish's control, mm. and Doku's ball carrying, team. he's he's going to have some real difficulty Come on, on the Wednesday night. Just a quick one for free hitting, because I think there's a few teams that stand out a little bit more if you are. Mm-hmm. City's one, right? So if I look at my fixture difficulty, 15 to 22, without the game week 18 fixtures. City are miles clear. Chelsea's good anyway, we know that. Wolves, who play Chelsea in 18, it looks even better for them. Good run. Arsenal, because you go to Liverpool, looks like a really good run. So if you wanted to go that double defensive for Arsenal, for example, oh, I don't want to see it at Anfield. Well, if you're free hitting 18, you you don't have to, right? Uh, Liverpool as well, because obviously they play Arsenal. Um, Brighton not bad Brentford obviously as well but they're the real ones if you're free free hitting 18 I think you should be working towards treble Man City and I think at the moment it's probably treble offensively yeah okay and uh, did you captain Holland in this week yes yeah he obviously missed the sitter didn't yes. he yes I mean you know he's he's tweeted WTF I've seen that well, what that, do you think's going to happen well that was my reaction to the misses <laughs> I mean the, the, the one yeah. that he, he missed when Bernardo put on a plate for him. That's the one I was talking about, yeah. staggering. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. It's staggering for him, by for the him, way. Yeah. Most most good footballers should score. But with there him, a defender there. Yeah, but with him, you don't think for a second he's uh, going to he's gonna miss. He just kind of dragged it a bit, didn't he? Um, yeah, a little bit. I think, as I said earlier, I think his reaction is way over the top at, at the end of the game in terms of, like, his teammates would be looking at that and going... What do you make of the refereeing decision to... Well, how he refereed that. No, it's, uh, I, I actually think... Grealish running in. Yeah. In Should City have had a penalty for a shirt pull? I've heard some rumours about that. I've not seen the incident I've at all. I've not seen it, to be honest. But I'd, I'd heard that. But as it wasn't shown on the Match of the Day highlights, I'm guessing probably not. Mind you, there was a lot to show from the game, admittedly. I get that. Yeah, the, 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 the cock-up with the through ball is really bad. I quite like him as a referee, Hoop. I'd, I'd said that I thought he was the most improved referee in the league last year. He'll get, unfortunately, by association... The Shit. Diaz goal. Yeah. He was the referee, but it ain't his fault. No. He wasn't working in the VAR room. He's literally got nothing to do with that. Yesterday, that is a huge, huge error. What, what do you think he was thinking? I think, it? I can only think that he thinks that um, the ball's gone to Porro. Like, he, he's, some, he's seen he some... He misjudged it. He's seen some sort of illusion, I think. <laughs> no, I think, genuinely. Because you can't explain it. Because he goes to blow, because Haaland gets wiped out, right? It's definite yellow card from Emerson Royal. Haaland gets wiped out, so it's a, and, he's, and he's also heading back towards goal. Because this man is such a beast, right? It's like he slides off the turf and bounces back up in one movement, yeah. and he's off. <laughs> and he's got it. And he actually takes the whistle away from his mouth. Then Haaland plays the pass, like uh, a Bergkamp-esque through mm-hmm. ball. And maybe there was the shock. He was like, oh, Holland's tried to play a ball over 20 yards. That's a bit uncommon. I, I just think he must have thought 
that Grealish wasn't getting it, which it's always easy for us with the perspective. You're on the ground. Yeah. For me, it's the biggest bugbearer, though. Don't play advantage. is nothing pisses a football fan off more. Mm-hmm. It really pisses me off. Same. And when it happened at the time, literally, I'm standing going, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. Like, you can't do that. Yeah. Obviously, it benefited my team. What I would add, though, is two things. Yeah, go on. One, I think Emerson Royal would have got him. As in, as in Grealish. Yeah. I think we'd have got him. You can't say for fact. I but think we'd have got yeah. him. Because as well, because it's not like a direct one-on-one where it's only one player chasing him. He couldn't, he couldn't, what you'd want to do is run across the player, but there's another two players either side as well. So you couldn't do that because then you'd run into one of them. So I think he'd have got got. If he didn't, there's also no guarantee he would have scored. Yeah. <laughs> like there's, still, not, there's not a high XG in that moment. And actually, even if you look, Emerson Royal, literally, he completely stops. Is it a monumental error? Am I like condoning it? No. Whatever. I think it's a shame because I actually think he's one of the most improved referees, but he's a, he's a mad error. He's seen something there. In that, he must think that Grealish is not getting the ball. That's what I'm saying. He must see something because there's no reason why you do it. I've seen um, I want there's your no opinion on, why you do I've it. seen a few people asking, do you think Haaland could get like retrospectively done for his reaction and stuff? It's what? a possibility. Yeah. It's okay. a possibility. Um, I don't really know what the rules are on stuff like that with players. I don't know. Uh, to be honest, one of our patrons asked this this morning. I said, well, look, he was booked on the pitch for his yeah. reaction, uh, which I think was right from my take miles away in the ground. I say miles away. It's closer than Sudge would normally be at West Ham, <laughs> obviously. Um, but he looked like he coming quite aggressively. Yeah. So you're going to get booked. So then he gets dealt with on the pitch. After the game, I don't think he's under any responsibility to have to shake the referee's hand or... No. It, and to be honest, if he went in the same manner again, like referees have the power to book after the game and do a second yellow or do a straight red. We've obviously seen the case recently with Lewis Dunk. Spoke out of turn, spoke out of turn again, got sent off, right? So that it's not something that like never happens. Yeah, he was just auditioning for his Chelsea move, right? Because he knows they hate Anthony Taylor. <laughs> um, we don't know something could have got said in the tunnel afterwards in terms of a report like that. On the tweet, like I don't know how he can get done for typing WTF. No, but is it not? Yeah, I don't know. It's the whole thing about speaking out against. Yeah, people know what it means, but like he's not directly. No, he's yeah. not. You know, you know, for kids looking at Twitter or whatever, like, okay, if if you already know what WTF means, then Erling Haaland tweeting it is not gonna. Yeah. And he's not actually said, you know, WTF to the referee. He's just tweeted WTF. So yeah. I don't know. How you could put it on him and say. We know that's the intention. Yeah, yeah. But you can't no, you literally can't. like the 115 charges, right? You have to <laughs> you have to prove what's happened against Manchester City. So I think he probably wouldn't, that said. I think it's more about whatever happened on the pitch and maybe in the tunnel afterwards. If they if they want to give him a proper charge, then there's every chance he does look at a suspension. If he gets suspended, and I'm aware of it, ahead of a deadline, then uh it's it's bye bye, see you later. Yeah. For cool. me, it would be too short term where I'd just have to go, be quite straightforward, just be Watkins back and Salah in, I think. Yeah. For me. Cool. That's a wrap. We've, that was a bumper episode. So we've done an hour and 56 minutes. Oh, no minutes. questions. There's no so, time. Uh, yeah, Sorry. But you do need to tell people what the schedule is. And selfishly, I need to know as well because I have no idea what it is. Okay. <laughs> two COTCs the next two days. So we've got Aston Villa, Manchester City. We, as said, with Lee Jackson, Johnny Pringle. We'll have that out early for you tomorrow morning so you've got that in plenty of time before the deadline COTC Wednesday as well with Gary Robinson and Neil Grover to discuss Manchester United Bournemouth we'll obviously touch on their games Wednesday night as well Bournemouth play Wednesday night 
Crystal Palace and obviously United play Chelsea. I know it's after the deadline, so we will approach it more towards a game week 16 perspective. That means the Sky Fantasy Football Podcast this week will be on Thursday. Friday, game review podcast again, discussing all the, the midweek games. Tottenham and West Ham go last on Thursday night this week. That'll be fun. Uh, so uh, can you watch Everton Newcastle for me? It would be really, really handy because neither me or Sudge will be watching it. Yeah, sure. Cheers, I'll, mate. Yeah, quite Thanks like that. Thanks for, for donating your time. <laughs> um, I might try and catch the start of it, at least to see how it starts tactically maybe. But I'll, I'll try and watch as much as I can of these games this week because they're obviously all available here. Um, oh, Patreon it? content. We got differential game week preview, differential show game week previews tomorrow and on Friday. Q and A today, Wednesday. You're joining me. We'll do a bit of tot and arse now, unfortunately, because to just got two fake or something similar. Uh, Ask James stream will be for patrons this week as well. As a reminder, basic plus tier patrons get all the podcasts this month. Intermediate plus tier patrons get all of the additional content this month, which does include. Uh, Talking Tactics today, which are recorded on Saturday night because I've got no time this week. And we'll include later this week away days from uh, the Etihad tomorrow. Um, and there's going to be some funny stories on that time and this week. Yeah, the, the, honestly, the escapades him. to get home. It's not been the first time with Ricky and it probably won't be the last time. But fella, I love you, mate. <laughs> Cheers, pal. Because if you're enjoying this podcast, listening to it or watching it, let me tell you, if it weren't for Ricky, you wouldn't be having it today. It got us Ricky? home somehow. Cool. That's it, I think. So, uh, Support yeah, the show at www.patreon.com forward slash planet FPL. Deadline stream also tomorrow on YouTube, 5 p.m. UK time. And I will be looking after my son while doing that as well. So let chaos ensue. Yeah, it is chaos indeed. Right. I've already bought him. <laughs> Mr. Chaos. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, who's that? <laughs> yeah, Darwin. Score a bloody goal. Right. That's a wrap. Stay safe. Ciao for now. Thanks, everyone. Be nice to each other. Play it your way. Remember, 6 p.m. UK deadline tomorrow. Cue music, please, Manchild. It's six, isn't it? The Fantasy Football Show. Sports Social Podcast Network.